What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Big Sills! The week of the National Football League's draft. Here we go. This is going to be the week of misinformation. Okay? This is going to be the week of misinformation. By the way, right out of the gate, what we're going to do, we're going to go team by team in what needs are, and then we're going to take a look at, look, I want to show you the most amateurish thing that you could possibly hear from an analyst. My friends, don't worry about the name on the back of the jersey. Find out whether or not that football player fits the profile of what you're looking for. The names are irrelevant, really. What you hear is the media talking about certain players. Tomorrow, we're going to have Jimmy Johnson on, and Jimmy's going to explain that for you. Today, Gary Cobb, as always, 4.30. We're going to get right to it. But I, I, I want you to understand the name on the back of the jerseys, the least important thing in this process when you're looking for talented players. Nobody gives a shit what the name is. Now, if it's just so happens to line up that a need and the best player are there. That's what teams do traditionally. But what you do is you put in categories, how deep certain positions are, linebacker, cornerback, what have you. This is a process. This is not about name. If you start drafting players because one, they went to big schools, two, they went to super elite schools, Three, and all you do is just hear the one player's name and not do your homework. You got to do your homework in something like this. And this is what we're going to do this week as the process of Thursday's draft. Every time I hear somebody barking about Miles Murphy or Branch or Skronowski or Johnson, I already immediately know right out of the gate, those are just the people that you're isolating on and that's the people that you traditionally just watch film on. First and foremost, you got to find out if they fit your scheme. 
Secondly, they got to find out if that person fits in the division. Remember, draft for your division first. You start talking about certain players that are out there and they don't fit. What would be the number one need in the NFC East, in your opinion, right now? What do you think has to be a major position if you play in the NFC East like the Eagles? What's what's the biggest position? You got to stop the run. You've got to stop the run in the NFC East. Isn't that funny? And, and Tone's O-line, O-line dictates. Isn't that funny? The last three months, what have we heard? The running back position doesn't matter with the Philadelphia Eagles, yet the number one thing you have to do in the East is stop the run. What a contradiction. It's a complete contradiction. The run game, O-line, D-line. So how could the number one thing you have to do in the NFC East, stopping the run, how could you have the running back position as a non-factor or non-starter when you're talking draft? It's ass nine. And here, we're going to get to the Derrick Henry. Well, we might as well do it now. The Derrick Henry conversation that kind of jumped up over the weekend. Anybody who says that Derrick Henry would not fit the Eagle system, I don't know what you're thinking. He doesn't, Derrick Henry fits everywhere. 1,500 yards last year. 1,500 yards. Are you crazy? How does 1,500 yards? By the way, you really think you have to feature him behind that old line in Philadelphia? That's unbelievably crazy to say. Derrick Henry running behind the greatest old line in the game today. Instead of 38 carries, Derrick Henry's getting 150 yards on 12 carries. And he's getting 10 yards a pop. How would you like to have an offense that's averaging seven and a half yards a carry, whether it be Jalen or Derrick Henry? How in the world, with the passing game that they have in the three-headed monster and Dallas Goddard in the two receivers, not make sense? The people that say that, you should hear yourselves. The people on the radio... In Philadelphia, you should really hear yourselves when you say this. No, I don't want to have seven and a half yards of carry in my offensive run game. With limited carries and the three-headed monster that I throw the football to. That's ridiculous. So you don't want seven and a half yards of carry and 300 yards passing. How do you defend that? And on top of that, with a suspect defense, with a suspect defense, you're telling me you don't want seven and a half yards of carry. <laughs> I, you know, I'm really never going to debate that. 
because that's ridiculous. Derrick Henry, you line him up behind Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts and him are running the ball. Jalen's throwing the ball. You can't defend that. They would be the odds. Here, (laughs) let me ask you this. So if you put Derrick Henry in the huddle with the Eagles, are the Eagles the favorites to win the Super Bowl, yes or no? You think they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl? Derrick Henry, who's going to the Hall of Fame. And by the way, he's built like Adrian Peterson. 340 yards, 340 carries. Do you know what you're going to do with that guy if he played in Philly? You'd probably take 100 carries off that. You couldn't stop them. That's a crazy conversation. No, you know, I don't want Derrick Henry. I'll take a guy in the fifth round. You got to turn the radio on. You know, they could get a running back in the fifth round. I don't really need Derrick Henry. And don't ever compare Miles Sanders to Derrick Henry. It's like the moon and the sun. That's a whole different world. Can you imagine Henry, what he would? So Henry ran behind the third worst O-line in the NFL in Tennessee, got 1,500 yards. What would he do with the number one O-line last year in the NFL? 2,500 yards? 2,500? 2,300? 22 touchdowns? A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith would have been so open, they both may have been over 1,700 yards in receiving. (laughs) The run game is what stopped Tom Brady last year because they had no run game. Everything is dictated off of play action, especially in the RPO. Dude, if you have, get this, there's a reason that the R is in front of the pass in RPO because it starts off the run game. Run, pass, option. Start, it's not pass, run, option. They don't start passing the ball. That's not the number one thing that D coordinators, when they face the Eagles, that is not the thing that they fear out of the gate. They fear the dominant running attack. Run, pass, option. There's a reason there's a progression in that conversation on how you construct that offense. but I don't want to have the best back since Peterson in the backfield. Sills, you know, how much more tread do you think he has? Well, I know this. He won't have the carries he has in Tennessee and Philly. I don't, hey, and if he got 1,200 yards instead of 1,500 yards in Philly, but he had 210 carries, I'd probably put three years on his career. And maybe three years on Jalen Hurts' career. crazy i'm gonna tell you something else the dallas cowboys right now have gotten better you know i i i I was listening on friday to wip and they were saying how the eagles um have gotten better and yet the cowboys because mike mccarthy's now the play caller 
Well, how do you know what your play callers? What gives you the position where you think Sean Desai and Brian Johnson are going to call better games than Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen and say that McCarthy's the play caller in Dallas who's won a Super Bowl and the other guy's been a head coach. You actually think you've got better play callers now as coordinators in Philadelphia over Dallas? I don't think so. You're unproven. You are completely unproven. And for you, once again, that's in the land of, I don't know. You don't know what Sean does. You don't even know the front the guy's going to play. Wait a minute, Brian. How do you, Brian, Dave Quinn's a heck of a coordinator. Are you sure Brian Johnson's a better coordinator? The last time you guys changed coordinators from a Super Bowl team, it was a disaster. It was a disaster. When Frank left the building, it was a disaster. It was a disaster. But you're all of a sudden under the assumption you got better play callers in the building in Philly now when they haven't done shit. They may be. Let's see the first four games. You're right. I know what's in Dallas. Hey, for the record, what's Sean Payton got over Mike McCarthy? Besides a better wallet, what's he done? He's 9-7 in the postseason. It's not like Sean Payton's kicked ass. They both have Super Bowl wins. Are you under the assumption? I think Sean Payton's the most overrated coach in the NFL. That dude also had Drew Brees. Also gave that guy, Tyson Hill, some shitty-ass contract that put the New Orleans Saints in salary cap hell. And he sold it to Mickey Loomis, and Mickey Loomis bought it. You're making that guy sound like He's going to all of a sudden go in there and turn Russell Wilson around. Oh, I hope so. I surely hope so. Sean Payton? Dude, don't make that guy sound like he's better than he is. Look at his postseason record. He's two games above 500, and he had Drew Brees. Jesus, wouldn't you think they'd be a little better than that? Nine and seven? I mean... You make that guy sound like this guy here's Tom Landry. Give me a break, man. I mean, Sean Payton, he's got a lot to prove in Denver. Anyway, I thought that was I thought that was interesting. Dallas, you're right. We know who Dallas is. Do I think Mike McCarthy's a great play caller? No. But I don't know anything about Brian Johnson. I have no idea what he's gonna do. I know he's boys with with Jalen Hurts. Fantastic. That don't make you a good play caller. Because I'm boys with him. That's your critique? Well, yeah, no, Sills. He knows Jalen and they're boys. That's why he'll be a good play caller. Well, has he ever been a play caller before? No. But he's better than McCarthy, who has a Super Bowl ring. Again, stupid-ass conversation. Wishful thinking. Potential. All those words that you know end up meaning you haven't done it yet. We will soon see. Correct. But here on April 24th, that's a non-starter. You can't start by going, well, the Eagles have better play callers and better coordinators in Dallas. How can you say that? 
Sean Desai, how'd he do in Chicago? Are you sure about this? I Look, I think the hire's good. <laughs> Cowboys got better, man. And I think they're getting a running back. And I think it could be Derrick Henry or Bijan Robinson. Why? I said it last week. Darren McFadden, Zeke Elliott. All first round backs, Emmett Smith. They believe in the run game. They believe in drafting running backs. The Cowboys have a different belief system than Philly does. Look, the one thing you can always count on, and tomorrow Jimmy Johnson when he jumps on, is the one thing that Jerry has not deviated from. What is that? He wants to duplicate the triplets. A big receiver, C.D. Lamb. A big running back, which they don't have right now. They want a quarterback that plays like Aikman, which they do. The turnovers are absolutely not Aikman-like. And a pretty good old line. They're trying to dupe. They've always tried to duplicate the blueprint that Jimmy put in play that won three Super Bowls. Okay? Look at how they've replaced everybody. Michael Irvin, Des Bryant. Emmett Smith, Ezekiel Elliott. Troy Aikman, Romo, Dak. All of it is duplicating the success that the Cowboys have had. They don't deviate off that. They want run-stopping defense, and they want playmakers on the perimeter. And they need to have their corners play better, especially in today's NFL. That's Dallas's system. They never go away from that blueprint. They just don't. Okay? They're just, they don't. Cowboys not trying to get Zeke back? I wouldn't want him back. Guy's out of gas. Zeke Elliott was built for five years to play in the NFL. Todd Gurley was built to play five years. You know why? Why do you think these some of these backs today are not built for the game for a long period of, of time? You know why? They're not conditioned to play 17 games like they were in the old days. Where you were the bell cow guy who got the ball for 300 times. You know what Eric Dickerson told me when he came into the NFL? And by the way, Eric Dickerson's first year, he had 1,800 yards. And you know what he said? By the end of the year, he was completely out of gas, and he had the best O-line in football. You know what he said? I knew in the offseason I had to get in better shape to carry the ball. I had to get in better shape. You know what he did the next year? He got in better shape and went for 2105 in 16 games. Players today are still chasing that number down, and you got an extra game. So he could carry the ball 300 times. He had to be in better shape. Running backs today aren't in good enough shape. Except for Derrick Henry. Except for Adrian Peterson. They put the work in. They were conditioned to go the full season. Zeke was lazy. Isn't everybody in Dallas lazy? That whole football roster is filled with lazy players. That's why they don't finish the job. They're more worried about the star on the helmet 
instead of winning football games. They're not conditioned. They're not conditioned to run through the tape. They get halfway through the tape. How many times do you watch Dallas and by the playoff time, they're out of gas? Why? They're not conditioned good enough. They're just not in good enough shape. That's why most of these running backs get hurt early in their careers. Why? Because you're not conditioned. Todd Gurley, same thing. You get your money, all of a sudden, you don't have to work as hard. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened to those guys. Henry works his ass off. Plus, he has a chip on his shoulder. Why? He was a second rounder. How was that guy a second round draft choice? I think that him being a second round draft choice is worse probably than even when Thurman Thomas was a second round draft choice. Players today are not in better or in good enough shape, especially at the running back position. That's why that position's de-emphasized. How many guys do you see run the ball like Derrick Henry and Adrian Peterson? Shit, those two dudes. The running backs today aren't in that kind of condition because you know why? They're not asked to be. But yet the NFC East is built on running the ball. Yeah, but we don't really care about the running. Listen to your people who cover your team, especially the teams in the NFC East. The Eagles don't care about the running back position, but yet it's a running back division. (laughs) Okay. I guess. Because you've had all these prolific passers in the NFC East over the last 12 years. I mean, unbelievable, right? Washington runs the ball. New York runs the ball. There's a reason Saquon Barkley's there. Antonio Gibson runs the ball. The Eagles are dominant at running the ball. Yeah, but we don't care about running backs. Howie hates them. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's how you win ball games. Sure, okay. It's crazy. Derrick Henry doesn't fit in the Eagles system. Didn't change it. And by the way, you don't really have to. Just put him back there in Miles Sanders' position. Derrick Henry will figure it out. Well, you think you're going to go into this year? Hey, by the way, do you, don't you think it's more important this year than ever to have a running game? Why? What? I mean, honestly, you got a lesser defense and better teams. Is it important to keep the football away from guys like Allen and Mahomes and all them other guys? With elite, you couldn't stop the elite quarterbacks last year. Now you've got your five best tacklers off the team, but you think somehow getting scrap heap guys, you're better. That is the dumbest shit going. It's the dumbest thing on the planet. You're not good on defense like you were a year ago. You could be good enough. And now you have a chance to accentuate the running game. And all you hear is, well, they don't care about the running game. That's not true. The Eagles do care about the running game. Look at how much money you pay in the O-line. And why not after what we saw today? By the way, Jalen Hurts. Okay, Jalen Hurts today. I believed every single thing that that guy said. By the way. Um, the Gucci tag on the sleeve, 
Come on, dog. Come on, man. Got to cut that bitch off. Okay? You make $51 million. Everyone knows you wear Gucci. I don't think they're thinking that you wear Michael Strahan's collection. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, dude, come on now. I know all of you over at the NovaCare Center. Give my boy some, uh, some, some like fashion advice. Take the tag off, dog. Dude, you got to tell people it's a Gucci. And it, it, you know what it is? It's probably his first Gucci suit. And it's he wanted to let everyone know, man, I got me a good. Like we know, the first thing I bought was a Rolex when I got my signing bonus. I, I had a Rolex. I carried the box. I, I had the box. I didn't realize the box was that expensive too. Like green box and shit, you know? So I the first thing I bought was a Rolex. Look what I got. I got everyone's like, okay, you bought a Rolex. Everyone on my team's laughing at me because I got the box with me. I'd go on the road, I'd put the Rolex box. They go, you got the box with you? <laughs> and I go, yeah. I got I got a blue oyster. Had that baby on everywhere I went. I'm going like this with it, you know. You see Jalen when he's talking, he's got the Gucci thing. <laughs> Dog, I know you're not wearing Michael Strahan. Tag is stitched in. Get a new jacket. Get a new jacket. Come on now, dog. That, they, they, that Hey, that looked like something that you get over at Men's Warehouse and you got the tag on there. It says this, half off. <laughs> oh, that suit was fly. Yeah, okay. Hey. Dude, the suit was good. The tag, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. <laughs> it looked like he bought a men's warehouse suit. <laughs> That's what. It, hey, big and tall, <laughs> like one of them fire sale suits. Come on, dog. You you you, you make fifty one million. I, I you're either in a Gucci or an Armani. Okay, I got it. You look great, though, man. You did. You look great. Okay, outside of that. <laughs> Uh, hey, <laughs> Tone goes like this. Hey, old man, you and the guys before you, man, you guys are so- showing your age here a little bit. I don't know, man. Maybe so. Wearing a men's warehouse tag on my suit when I just got $51 million per. I don't know. <laughs> Big and tall. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, look, did you buy that off the rack? He looked good, though, man. By the way, the owner was so dope. Man, the owner was awesome. He was so proud. I've never seen an owner so proud to give $255 million away. As I did this morning watching that press conference. And I believed him. I believe Jalen Hurts, too. Jalen's got a believability, and he's genuine. It's genuine. I love that. Believability, genuine, all of I believed it. I think, you know what? I think he's really proud for his family that he made that money. But I also think he's kind of embarrassed talking about it publicly. There could be two truths there to this, you know? Hey, isn't it wonderful, man? I got this contract. And then at the other end, he's like, come on, man. 
don't talk about my money like that because it's not what this is about. You know, I, I, I was talking to my aunt today. And it, it, it's something with athletes. I think that's ingrained in us. When I was doing traditional radio, I won't lie to you guys. I was making like $500,000 a year. Okay? 500 grand. 500 grand. I did it for like 20 years. Okay? I made 500 grand. And as the last couple of years, because of the business and shows like this and radio doesn't have those jobs in it anymore. But you know what I don't do? I don't lower my standards because the economic resources are not what they used to be. I'm the same guy. And that's what hurts is. He's the same guy, whether he's making 1.4 or 51 million, you're not going to get any difference. That's why that owner doesn't have a problem paying him. Jalen Hurts is not going to play any different because he's got, he got paid. He's, he's not, and you believe it. Okay? You believe it. I believed him. And, 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 and he thanked his teammates. Without his teammates, he's not where he is. It's a team sport. He's the only quarterback I've ever seen get up there who got one of those gigantic contracts that realizes that it's about the roster and organization around you. By the way, he loves your city. Kid from Texas. Let me tell you this, man. A kid from Texas going to Philly, that might be a culture shock. <laughs> yeah. Okay? That might be a culture shock. Let me – here – as we move on here, let me, oh, we're going to get to the topics here in a second, and we're going to look at needs on all 32 teams at the beginning of the week as we get ready for Thursday's draft. So my wife is like, lived her whole life in Texas. That's where I met her when I played with the Cowboys. And she had never been to New York. She had never been to New York, the Connecticut area, up through Philly. She had never been there, never been through that Naked awards. She's never gone up like the Jersey Turnpike or whatever. So we get up east, going over the Brooklyn Bridge. Wife's like, holy shit. We stop. My wife's looking around. All these guys are just like, nobody pays attention to anybody. You know how it is in New England. You know how it is on the East Coast. You know how it is in Philly. My wife finally, man, we stopped. Before we went in my grandparents' house, my wife goes, does everyone up here hate their life? I'm like, no. No, they just don't put up with bullshit. Yeah, but people in Texas are more friendlier. Yeah, South too. When I got down to Miami and I got down to Florida, I was like, wow, this is a whole different world. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying, guys? If you've ever been down South and you're living Philly or Baltimore or New York or whatever, and all of a sudden people down South go like this. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? I'm like, what the, what do you want? <laughs> the guy's like, no, what do you need? I'm like, no, what do you want? <laughs> you, you, you want something from me, don't you? Nobody talks like that where we're from. Okay. Nobody, nobody does that where we're from. Hey, how you doing? What, why was it to you? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just different, right? It's just different. 
People aren't bad. They're just here. People in Philly and New York, Boston, all that shit. See, people in the South and like in Texas, they'll show you your cards. Where we're from, we kind of hold our cards to our chest until we figure you out a little bit. And so that's probably what he probably went through. Because when you roll into a place like Philadelphia and you're from Houston, Texas, bro, that must have been uh, like being hit in the chin. Whoa, these people are different here. You got to just give it time. They'll, they'll warm up to you when they do. Jerome said the same thing when he – Jerome – guys, Jerome Brown was from Brooksville. <laughs> here, Hicksville, Florida, Brooksville, Florida. Okay? He got to Philadelphia – he calls me up. He goes, Sills. I said, give it time, dog. They're, they're just warming up to you. They're not going to be your boys right away. Go out, get a couple sacks and shit. They'll warm up to you. Sure enough, man, he goes, man, I freaking love it up here. Me and Keith Byers and Keith Jackson have a house. We're, dude, they loved it after a while. They're, Keith Jackson, too, man. He's from Sticksville. All those guys that come up to Philly, man, it's a culture shock, dude. It's a culture shock. Just in the presentation of how people are. That's what he was talking about today. And he gave it time. And you know how he won you over? Hard work, perseverance, and production. And it all resulted in today. That's what it, that's what it did. And it panned out for him. That's why he's thrilled. You know, I would say this to you. Jalen Hurts probably figured Philadelphia out quicker than any guy I've ever seen play the position of quarterback in Philadelphia. McNabb didn't figure it out. You think McNabb figured out Philadelphia early in his career? Yes or no? You think he figured it out? Or do you think it was a learning curve for him? I know Randall didn't. Randall had troubles all the way until the day he left, and it took years for Randall Cunningham to figure out Philadelphia. Don't you think that's true? Randall's best years with Eagle fans were after he was done playing. Am I right? I like the kid from Ohio State. Yeah, but Jalen figured it out in three years. Jalen figured it out in three years. I think the organization had a lot to do with that because obviously Jeffrey Lurie was a better owner than Norman Brayman. Right, I think the I think the owner helped out a lot in that process. I think Howie, you know, you know, one thing too. Also, you got to give Jeffrey Laurie. I think he's figured out that he's got the three headed monster now. You got the owner, you got the GM, you got the quarterback. That's how he sees it right now. He's in a good place. I would say this to you. Do you agree? I wonder what you guys think of this. We're gonna move on here. I promise. You think Jeffrey Lurie feels better today coming off that Super Bowl loss about the future of the Eagles than he did coming off that win in 17 about the future of the Eagles? You think he feels better today with the leadership of the team being in the hands of Howie and Jalen than he did when he came off that win even with Foles, Wentz, and Doug? Don't you think he feels better today? He sure sounded it. Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, sure sounded it today. Like he's in a really good place. 
even though you lost that game. He fe- to me, it just it just feels like they're in a better place. All right? It just feels that way. So let's move on to the topics. By the way, we are going to – we got a ton of stuff today. We're going to look at every single team here on this Monday of needs. Because, again, that's where you have to start with a draft, not with players. You have to start with needs. But I want to get to the topics first. How many people believe that a player like Derrick Henry would be a bad fit in Philadelphia? How many people? I I can't wait to hear this one. How many people believe that Derrick Henry would be a bad fit in Philly? Okay. How many people believe that? Doesn't it even sound stupid? I'm personally cool with Henry being an eagle. That's tone. Who in their right mind would not want that man on your team? He doesn't fit. What are you crazy? He doesn't fit. I'm going to use Derrick Henry how I see fit. If he's a... Here, watch this. Think of this. Derrick Henry is looking at you in behind Jalen Hurts. Hurts is in front of him. A.J. Brown is out wide. Devontae, don't that line in front of him. Goddard's there, and Henry's sitting here. Say he only gets the ball. What the greatest decoy you could ever have, and that's worth 10 million bucks to me. What a freaking decoy. This is not a washed up ball player. Look at that decoy that's sitting behind Hertz. He's sitting there, all six, four of them, looking like a movable refrigerator. Going like this, there ain't a person on your defense that I'm not going to stiff arm and put on their back. Can you imagine A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry back united again and they're out there beating the shit out of people in the secondary, running dudes over, and then Hurts just pops one over to Goddard across the middle. You can't defend that. It's undefensible. Is that not worth 10 million bucks? Shit. That's going to deliver the Super Bowl. That would deliver the Super Bowl. Hey, 49ers. 49ers. You got Christian McCaffrey? I got Superman back there. Oh, yeah. Hey, Nick, look who's behind Jalen. Look who's behind Jalen. You've got the human highlight film that you don't want to be on. That guy will turn you in to an NFL highlight reel, no matter if your name is Josh Norman or if your name is Hufanga or anyone. He'll turn you into a human highlight reel for him. Sitting behind Jalen. 
Yeah, he's probably bad for the offense. (laughs) I'll say Henry doesn't fit because he doesn't catch the ball from the backfield. I don't need him to, but neither did Sanders. Gainwell was receiving back as a matter of fact, right? Give him, give him some, hey, dude, think of this for a second. Okay, so he doesn't catch the ball. I get three all pros that catch the ball. Hey, you know how good Gainwell will be with Derrick Henry in the backfield? I don't have to game plan Boston and Gainwell. I don't have to game plan them. They're just dudes. I got a game plan hurts. The two receivers in the tight end. You put Henry back there. What if you're a linebacker? How do you how do you play that? Slow play Jalen? RPO? He hands it to him then? Good. So wait a minute. In the RPO, it's Hertz and Henry. Yeah, you're probably right. That's awful. If I was a linebacker, I'd be like, it's two sins. The lesser of the Jalen. Can you imagine the yardage Jalen will get? Hey, tone everyone. Do you do you guys agree? If Derrick Henry's lined up behind Jalen Hurts in the RPO, on five carries, Hurts would have a hundred yards. Because you got to defend that guy. You, you you have to defend him, and he's running behind Lane. So wait, <laughs> it doesn't fit. Wait a minute. Here's Jalen coming down the line. So he's got Derrick Henry right here. Lane Johnson's right here. And you're going like this. And Dallas Goddard's over here. On, maybe on a, on, on, on a um, block and release on the RPO. So here's your RPO. Goddard is block or release. Henry's behind him. And everyone's running behind Lane. Probably sounds awful. I, I'm not even really trying to debate it. I'm just trying to point it out how dumb it sounds. I'll take a guy in the seventh round that I could give a shit about. I'm, I don't care about him. I'm not game playing. Derrick Henry's a different animal. By the way, would I be talking about Dalvin Cook like this? Kind of. Him? No. I think Dallas is in the conversation for him. So if you put Dallas on, or you put Derrick Henry in Dallas's team, you think they're better? I do. Massively better. So yeah, Derrick Henry's not good here in Philly, but he'll be good in Dallas. <laughs> so Tony Pollard and Derrick Henry in Dallas with Dak and with CD. You, 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 might, you might, for the first time in 100 years, get to a conference title game with that. And they closed the gap on Philadelphia with that move. I'm not saying they're better, but they would close the gap. Cue ball, the bird, big sales at work, just wanted to say you the man. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you doing this draft week. All right, I'm going to move off this. We're going to get to... The draft here in a second. Um, Here's on Monday what I would do. 
still, unless something changes. I would trade with New England to 14, draft Bijan Robinson, take the 30th pick, and trade it for either a player that you covet on a roster, like the linebacker with Tampa, or I would trade it for multiple picks in this year's draft. That's what I would do. Because you have six picks. Nobody in that. And by the way, let me say this to you. Paris Johnson and Peter Skarnowski are not top 10 players. Not in my book. Not in my book. They're top 10 players in this draft. But they're not top 10 players. I think the guy at Northwestern is pretty good, but he ain't top 10. And I think the guy Johnson's pretty good, but he's not top 10 either. In a normal draft where you have a deeper draft, these guys would be in the teens and maybe at the top of the 20s. They're, they're, they're not top 10 players. That shows you how good this draft really is. There's like six players in it that are elite where you went, oh, wow, these guys are great. You get Henry, whoever keeps the ball, they average 10 yards a carry. Absolutely, Jeremiah. Okay? What's up, Will? I, I don't think those those old linemen are top 10 guys. In this draft, yeah. But they're not top 10 talent. They're not. They're not like the kid Stanley or Staley, whatever his name is, from the Chargers. Just because they went to the same school don't mean, mean that he's the same kind of talent. This guy's not Orlando Pace, okay? He's not Orlando Pace. So when you look at guys like that, you have to look at the draft and you have to have the grade of the draft to go before you say, well, this guy's really, he's a top top 10 pick in this draft. What does that actually mean? He's a top 10 player? You'll be very disappointed. Look, I'm not saying he's not going to help or he's not a good player, but to give up the 10th pick for one of those two linemen and then pass on Bijan is ridiculous. You would take players that would not be drafted in the top 10 in any normal year when you had a deeper draft versus a guy who could go in the top five in any draft. Do you understand the asinine thinking process of this? You guys are going, well, hey, the Eagles drafting a lineman. Right. Okay. Well, then trade down and get one of the guys. Get the kid from Florida. Get the kid from Georgia, Tennessee. You'll be okay there because you remember what Chris Landry said? It's about really the talent pool. Okay? Philly. Orlando – or Philly goes like this. Orlando Pace was the number two player picked or number one. Right. So you're telling me seven players removed. You think that the kid Paris Johnson's Orlando Pace. I don't. Or the kid from Northwestern. Say he goes five. You mean to tell me you think that kid's three less picks than Orlando Pace? Give me a break. See, people get caught up in what they're covering because they're looking at today. This draft is probably out of 10, a seven. At best, a seven. But see, people have to sell clicks and views and television ratings. So they're going to blow this thing up to seem bigger than it is. It's not. They're not. It's not a sensational draft. Even the quarterbacks are overhyped.
The quarterbacks are being overhyped because the quarterback position in general is overhyped. Okay? Hey, Philly, I think Paris Johnson is going to be really good too. I'm not ripping you, dude. I'm ripping what people are saying about him. Hey, this guy's a top five pick. In this draft? Okay, I guess. That guy's not a top five talent, though. He's not a, he wouldn't go in the top 10 next year. There's pretty deep guys coming out of the college ranks next year that are going to be really good-looking offensive linemen. I don't know. Okay? Always remember that. See, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter and Tyree Wilson and Bijan, they're top five in any draft. You see how people miss it? And that's how you get Andre Dillard. That's how you miss it. You draft a guy eight at O-line in a weak O-line outside of the six guys that are in there that are rated in the 87 percentile. And after that, there's a cliff dive. But see, that's what people do. They take the guy at eight. Knowing full well he's not a top 10 guy. But it's a need. So you overdraft. That's the key to this. Not overdrafting. Look at Jalen Hurts. Completely underdrafted. That's where you want to be in the world of. Underdrafting. You know, you know, you know that famous line? You know? Under promise, over deliver. That's what you're trying to do in the NFL draft. Under promise, over deliver. You know the guy that comes out going, I can do this for you, damn it, I can And then he gets in there and you're like, this guy sucked. That's what the draft is. Howie Roseman's Achilles heel is the first round. Hey, the higher you are up in the top 10, I think it's harder to draft. Because there's more chances of failure at the top end of the draft than there is at the bottom of the first round. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's a crapshoot when you get up top. You know why Howie's good? Do you know why Howie's good in ladder rounds? Because he drafts best player available. Once he gets away from the first round and the name and all that other shit, he goes by best player available, no matter what it says on the back of his jersey. Josh Sweat, Jason Kelsey... Guys like that, they all fall into position for him. That's why he's better. His team does a better job of it. And, 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 and for the record, how many people think that the Eagles are going to be in the top 10 in the next decade when it comes to picking somebody? You better pick an explosive, elite guy, not a guy who you're going to overdraft. Paris Johnson and Peter Skronoski are good ball players, like I said, and they'll be solid contributors and could go on to really good careers. But they're not top 10 players. They are not top 10 players. That's not Orlando Pace. That is not Jonathan Ogden. That is not Steve Wisniewski, Bruce Smith, or I should say um, Bruce Matthews. That's not those dudes. Top 10. Yeah, in this draft. 
in this draft, those two dudes are being hyped, and you you watch them on film. They're decent. And the kid at Northwestern played on a one-win football team. And I'm like this. Okay, I, you know, sure. And the guy at Ohio State couldn't block one dude from Michigan. Michigan? Okay, Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, like Michigan is producing a ton of edge rushers and defensive linemen. Not really. I sure hope so, for your sake. Okay. Dude, you're naming number one picks? You're damn... You're right I'm naming number one picks. That's what these guys are going. Number one... I'm talking to... I'm talking about guys... Pick alignment. Any any, any of the ones that have been great. Trent Williams. I think Trent was a third rounder. What was Trent Williams... What round was he taken in? Dude. Okay, number one. Trent Williams was the number one player taken. What round was that? What year was that? Are the Texans blowing smoke? They say they're not interested in the quarterbacks. They want Anderson. They're going to be saying a lot of shit. Everybody's going to be saying a ton of crap right now when it comes to the draft. Lane was a top five pick. So you're telling me Skarnowski goes five. He's Lane Johnson. You think Peter Skarnowski, who could go five, is, 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 is Lane Johnson? Okay. Trent Williams, fourth overall. So you think Trent Williams and Lane Johnson this guy, Peter Skarnowski, is the next Lane Johnson and Trent Williams. Okay. All right. Let's go through the NFL draft here. And I want to show you something here. And always remember, go off this list. Don't use names. You sound stupid. And here's something I'm going to bury the lead on you on. On Monday, don't ask me how the Eagles did in the draft with the players' names, please. It's the dumbest thing you can say. You won't know what these players look like for three years. Let me let me hook you up here. Address needs, the division, and the conference first. And then look at the team's needs and see if you addressed it. These guys won't even own helmets or jock straps yet. They don't, they won't even have their locker yet. And you want me to tell you how the Eagles did. Don't do that. If you're going to name players, because at the end of the day, nobody knows it's bullshit. If somebody says the Eagles had a great draft, ask them did they address their needs. Okay, and then you look at the players they took. But if you start naming players to me, how do you know? They don't even own a helmet yet. How would you know until you watch them play? The dumbest thing you hear is 
you hear these McShays and these guys, holy shit, Carolina had a spectacular draft. They took this guy from BC. They took this guy from Clemson. And you're like, how in the world could that guy know when these dudes don't even own a helmet yet? No, 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 Tone, if they address the need and the player matches his evaluation and then you put that all together and then you go like this, this is a good pick. It's a smart pick. You're looking for smart picks. That's how you do it. You don't look at name. Hey, Bears drafted Skarnowski. Well, they needed a lineman. Now it's going to be whether or not they overdrafted him and if he's going to help. It's not a terrible pick. They need help for him. That's one of the needs on the on the list for the Bears. Okay? Yeah, this ain't college football. If not a trade up for Carter, would you rather have Bijan at 10? Look, I'm, I'm starting to agree with some of the people in Philly saying 10 might be high for him, trading down to 14 with New England who needs an old lineman. And then put 30 on the block. I'm, I'm there. Latin Inferno, I'm, that's, that's where I'm at. Especially with the Titans. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm going to trade down, get my guy. The thing you got to worry about is the Cowboys jumping ahead of you. Most of them don't even make the roster. Here we go. I'm going to show you how this works. This is the draft value chart that Jimmy Johnson invented that every team in the league, including Howie Roseman, uses. Okay? Bottom of the hour, Gary Carter or uh, Gary Cobb will be with us. And tomorrow, Jimmy Johnson will explain. He'll explain this. His value in his draft value chart that everybody in the league uses. If you're good, you Nick, I know Nick Casario uses it. I know, um, I know Belichick, Pete Carroll use it. I know, I know the Cowboys use Cowboys do a pretty good job of drafting. They just overpay. Um, I know Doug uses it down in Jacksonville now with Trent Bulky, because Jimmy is a consultant. Do you know Jimmy Johnson's a consultant to the Jaguars? Jimmy's consulted the Jags on their draft already this year. He's consulted them. 12 to 13 teams can contact Jimmy every year to be a consultant. He'll be on tomorrow, 3.30. And then on Friday for the week, he's going to go bookend. We're going to try to get him Thursday and Friday. He can't. He's going to do Monday and Friday. By the way, Gary Cobb today, Jimmy Johnson. Tomorrow? Drew Brees, Wednesday. Thursday, Tom Telesco, general manager, in the, in the first part of the show, he's going to try to give me 12 minutes. That's the GM of the Chargers. So we're locked and loaded. Um, I should probably wait to start it at the top of the hour here. I'm going to because I don't want to get going into it. And have to stop here after the first couple picks. But understand something when you're when, when you you guys keep throwing names out. It's, it's okay. 
I'm not slamming anybody here, especially fans of the sport who love the sport and saw a kid in college do really well. But at the end of the day, this comes down, does the kid fit the scheme? Here, prime example. Remember when um, Rich McKay came on here and kind of gave me a lifeline? The Buccaneers drafted a three technique, me, and tried to make me a zero technique, which I was never, and I never played it. And I never played it. And I heard something that Barrett Brooks said. And it was so profound. Barrett was being coached by a coach who was giving him faulty technique. And he started realizing he was putting shitty tape together. And other teams were going to see that. Barrett was smarter than me. He said, I'm not fucking doing that. I'm not putting bad tape so other teams watch me. I did. I put bad tape. I had never in my life, high school, junior football, little league football, played nose guard. I was a three technique and a linebacker in high school. That's all I ever, and I played center. I was a center in high school and I was a rush end because I, I was fat. I ran, before I got to 280, I ran a four, six flat. I, I was a fast edge guy. And so I would come off the edge. And I, I, I ran four sixes in high school. And I was 6'2", about 255. This was 100 years ago, though. Okay, then once I got bigger, I moved, they moved me inside. Okay, they moved me back inside again. So just remember, man, this is, does a kid fit the scheme? Tampa Bay drafted me, and I, I swore to guys, I'll never forget this. The, the Bucks used the 53rd player taken on me in the supplemental draft. Remember something, Reggie White was a supplemental guy too. Um, I got, the, I got there. They wanted me to play nose. I'll, I'll never forget. Mike Dubose was the D-line coach. I freaking hated this guy. I looked around, and I go, why did these people draft me? This sucks. It was my second day. I was like, I don't know. I, I didn't know the technique. I didn't know how to put my hands. I didn't even know, even know how to get down in a stance. Why would you do that? And get this. That Friday, I was getting ready to play the Gators. And all of a sudden, on Sunday, I'm lining up against the Bears. I'm like, I had no chance to succeed. I didn't know the position. I didn't know the technique. I was a college player 48 hours earlier. And I'm at Tampa Stadium playing against Walter Payton on Sunday. That's the story for Sills. So when you draft a guy, make sure he fits where you're drafting him. Make sure you take the guy that fits the system here. All right. Do me a favor. Please hit the like button. We're going to go through all the needs of the team. This is this is the draft value chart that Jimmy Johnson put together. And we're going to talk to Gary Cobb from Fox 29 in Philadelphia at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk more about Bijan. I think it's important because I do believe they're at least trending that way. Hour two. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes 
and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Tower number two, Arizona's not shopping the third pick. Why? They want to see what the value of Will Anderson is. That's what they're doing. Will Anderson is a better player than anyone in the draft. Who are you looking to get? Unless you're going to get multiple first-round picks for the organization, in an organization that has a ton of holes, here, we're going to get to that. And then you tell me of some of these teams that are starting to bark. Don't you notice the teams that are the shittiest teams and the teams that fail in the draft the most talk the most? And the teams that are the great teams that draft well never talk. You never hear Howie talking about, we're shopping this, we're shopping that, we're doing this, we're going to trade here. He doesn't know what the board's going to look like. How the hell does Arizona know what the board's going to look like? 
Okay. How, how what they're probably shopping it to see if they can get multiple first rounders. They might be intrigued, but you would have to give up a treasure trove. Oh, and real quick, before I get into this, don't forget Gary Cobb, bottom of the hour. I like to say this to Tom Brady. Hey, Tom, I tell you what, man, I don't know if I trust you around my wife or not. And if any of you out there have really hot girlfriends, you might want to not trust Tom Brady around him. I've never seen a guy more, say more, do more, and try to steal Tua's job more than any guy in the history of the position. How many different ways can Tom Brady tell you he wants Tucker Viola's job? I mean, do you understand the Dolphins don't even have a first-round pick this year because of Brady and because of Stephen Ross? I mean, they don't have a first-round pick this year because of the shenanigans that were going on between the two. And the agent knew. Isn't it funny how Brady and Don Yee got off the hook? They didn't face any kind of disciplinary for talking while you were under contract with the Patriots. I mean, I'm starting to think it was Tua now. And he said, you're sticking with that effort? I'm starting to think it's Tua now. Dude, I'm just saying. How many ways? He was asked last week about the job. He couldn't say no. No, man, I'm retired. I'm not going nowhere. He gave you one of those circus answers. Yeah, man, you know, well, you know, hey, I'm in a good place. You know, I love, you know, a lot of guys are in the Dolphin organization. What? Yes or no, guy? I've never seen a dude that has so much conviction on a football field than Tom Brady that can't answer, that can't answer a straight answer. It's like talking to the White House on what a woman is. What's a woman? Well, um, you know, I don't know. And, you know, um, yeah. Um, well, what's a woman? <laughs> Just not cool. Answer the freaking question. Stupidity at its finest. Right there. All right. I was educated by Coach Johnson okay, on how teams draft, especially with needs and not the name of players. It's so important to understand where teams' needs are before you start doing this. And by the way, let's line this up. I know you guys want B. John Robinson, okay? I, I know this, and so do I in some aspects because I think it makes the offense unstoppable. They need an electric player. They're not building for shit right now. You got a $51 million guy. but I think Cam Jurgens. get this. Jesus criminy, guys. Don't you have faith in Cam Jurgens? You drafted him in the second round. Why do you need another guy there? So you're going to go another year in a row without playing Cam Jurgens, your second, your second rounder. Why? Play his ass. Let him get some big-time experience playing next to Kelsey. Get him ready when it comes to being prepared to slide right in. Don't you think he'd be better at to slide right into play center next year when Kelsey calls it than sitting there and having to have him jumpstart his career and having been out for two years? This guy's like got a knee injury or something. Okay? All right, let's go with Carolina. We're going to go through the list of teams and what their needs are. Okay? Carolina picks number one. Quarterback, edge, wide receiver, cornerback, tight end, OG, D-line. 
There's no doubt. If Carolina's smart, who's the player? It's Will Anderson. But they're a headless team. They've got to gamble on the second best player with the most important position is what? Quarterback. So to me, I'm not going C.J. Stroud. So what, just because he looks like Hercules, you think he's a better ball player than CJ than um, Bryce Young? I don't. See, to me, the tape means more than the gym rat. So this guy looks like Mr. Olympia, and the other guy doesn't, but the other guy wins more games. And what's more important? The other guy's more accustomed to playing with top-flight players. People always take that and go, hey, man, Joe Burrow played with really great players at LSU. Mac Jones played with really great players at Alabama. And you're going to play with really great players in the NFL. It's up to you to get those guys in position. Jesus. Okay. I get what you're saying. You want to elevate guys. But I also want guys who have played with great players to know what people are doing when they're crying and bitching about not getting touches. You know what that is all about. When Jamarcus Chase... Uh, Jamar Chase is not getting enough throws, and he starts bitching to Burrow. Burrow could look at him because they got a long relationship and go like this to him. Relax, I get you. Relax, it's all good. Same thing with A.J. Brown and Jalen. I got you. There's no redshirting in the NFL. So the quarterback is going to be the one position you go. Edge is second. Wide receiver's third. So you'll take a guy into... Second day, third day at wideout or edge, cornerback. Not a great corner draft. So I'll look at some of the tight ends. Not a great tight end. I may go free agency here. They need an offensive guard and D lineman. O line's pretty deep, so they could find a guy maybe in the fourth round at offensive guard. Houston. Houston needs a quarterback. Plain and simple. Davis Mills, please stop with that. They need a quarterback. They're going to go Stroud. They're going to gamble and go Stroud. Sure. To me, talent-wise, if I were to put C.J. Stroud on a board of the talented guys in this draft, he's probably 12. You're going to take him two. The second need is a guard. You need interior linemen. So look at what look at their needs are quarterback, guard, wide out. So you need help inside and outside and at the QB position. What's that tell you about Houston? They're a train wreck. Safety. Shitty draft for safeties. You better go into the free agency and find one. Linebackers, terrible draft. Edge, maybe. Somebody in the fourth, third round. D-line, not overly deep. Okay? They do have two. They do have two ones. So, to me, if I'm Houston, I go quarterback in offensive line. I'll get a white. This is not a great whiteout draft. There's no electric guys in this draft. The guy from TCU, go ahead, you take him. I'm not. TCU wideouts remind me of North Dakota State quarterbacks. No, thank you. (laughs) Not happening. No disrespect, kid. But that ain't working for me. All right? Arizona. 
You don't D line an edge. You got the best player in the draft there, and you want to shop it. Okay, for first round picks. To me, I could see Indy moving up to three. But why? You see, this is a game with Indianapolis they're playing. You understand that, right? Yeah, you understand that, right? Arizona's playing a game with Indianapolis. Because what what are they telling you? Everyone knows Arizona's not going to take a quarterback because they just gave Kyler Murray that money. So they're pretending to shop it. They're going to take some calls to see if they get a first-rounder. But Indy's really the next pick if you're going to take a quarterback. The fourth pick is actually more valued than the third pick here because Will Anderson is going to be the first position player taken at three. So what Arizona's trying to do, which is dumb, is pretend they're shopping to pick. Indianapolis is at four. They need a quarterback. Arizona needs DL, edge, running back, tight end, offensive guard, corner, and wide out, depending on what Hopkins does. Okay, and by the way, it was great to hear DeAndre Hopkins say, I'll restructure my contract for a team. Okay, well, I'm interested. Okay, you hear that? That means that's code for, I'll restructure some money. You give me some more money up front. I'll lower my base salary so that it gives you relief on the cap. He's kind of taking a little bit of Howie Roseman and how they did Darius Slay so he can land on a successful team and on a contender. You see, D-Hop doesn't want to go to the freaking Jets. He wants to go to a contender like Buffalo. He wants to go there like Kansas City. You imagine DeAndre Hopkins in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. You could just hand him the trophy. If DeAndre Hopkins restructures his contract and lands in Kansas City, holy shit. Would that be unbelievable? DeAndre Hopkins in Kansas City would be scary. Hey, I'll tell you something else. DeAndre Hopkins in Seattle on the other side of DK Metcalf on a restructured contract could look scary. That could be scary. The player's willing to lower his base salary. He was on pace before he got hurt for 119 catches for 1,500 yards. Don't kid yourself. He wasn't having a shit year. He would have had a better year than A.J. Brown. He was on track to have a better year, more catches and more yards. So to me, I think Arizona's trying to play, they're trying to play a game here. No one's biting on that, though. No one's going to call up there and go, yeah, I'll tell you what, so I can move up to get who? Anthony Richardson? Indianapolis is going to get Anthony Richardson anyway. Why? Well, because that's what Shane Steichen does. Shane Steichen wants Anthony Richardson. That's where he's going. He's an RPO guy. He fits what... You know, I'll t- I tell you, Shane Steichen had success with Nick in Indianapolis with Phillip Rivers. They went to a playoff. Let's not forget that. And they, they moved the needle on Buffalo a little bit. That was pretty... 
That was a back-and-forth football game. Hey, Sills, I know you moved on from this topic, but I just thought of this. I've been hearing people complain about taking Derrick Henry's contract. Have they not been paying attention to how he hey, – hey, 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 Tone. What did you say a couple of days ago? Contracts to Howie Roseman? Man, that's like putting it on one of them clay spindles and he molds that pot into any, any, any shape he wants. Howie Roseman sits there and he's got one of those like pottery things and he puts that big clay of a player's contract on there, molds that thing to fit any way he wants it to look. That's exactly what he does with these contracts now. You know why? Because that freaking owner allows him and gives him the latitude to do it. Do you hear him at the press conference? A sensational general manager. You, you don't hear owners throwing that kind of love out there like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he has a staff to help him. You know what, too? He's got the owner that gives him the ability to do it. Hey, you can have all the insight. You can have all the brains. At the end of the day, you got to have the owner with the pocketbook go like this. Yeah, go ahead. Because you know why? You're going to have swings and misses. Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts. Rager, Devontae. You're going to have swings and misses. And as long as that guy's cool with it, okay? So here's Indy now at four. Quarterback, Richardson. They need a corner. Wide out on the other side of Michael Pittman. They need an edge. OG safety linebacker. To me, their top three picks. Quarterback, wide out, edge. Because that's where the draft is. Okay, this just in. Packers. Wow. The Packers, the Packers, they held their gun. Packers get pick number 13, a 2023 second-round pick. Number 42, a sixth-round pick. Number 207, a conditional 2024 second-rounder that becomes the first if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays for a guy who only may play one year. Total Jets. Not me. That's a suck-ass trade for a guy who's not promising you anything more than the 2023 season really he's 40 years old you gave up that much for Aaron Rodgers not me that is without a doubt in my opinion a typical Jets move desperation that's desperation this is why they suck all these decades Rodgers will be the second best quarterback in the history of the franchise playing only 12, 13, 14 games. Okay? Hurts now officially the best quarterback in the NFC. Yeah, I'd say that. I'd say that now the number one thing he has to do is become the most accomplished. He's not. Okay? Now he has to become the most accomplished. 
He's the best quarterback today in the NFC, but now he's got to become the most accomplished. Okay. Packers won that trade big time. Even if they suck this year, they won the trade. That's a that's a suck-ass trade for the Jets. I have no faith that that team, they were eight, they won eight ball games with him last year. Man. Typical Jets. Typical Jet move. <laughs> Packers got a treasure show for a 40-year-old guy. Potentially two first-rounders for a 40-year-old quarterback who, I mean, let me, let me, before I bring Gary Cobb in here, I got to I got to I got I think this is a typical suck-ass Green Bay or Jets move. Before I bring, here, here's, Packers get number 13 this year in the draft. They get the Jets, number 13, the number 42, a sixth-round pick, number 207, a conditional 2024 second-round pick that could become a one if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays for a 40-year-old quarterback who threatens to retire every day. In my opinion, Packers win that. The Jets get a better player for 16 games. Rodgers calls it a career, and he retires. And bows out. You got you gave up all that for one year. Not me for a 40-year-old guy who's never been committed to anything in his life, including his family or his relationships. And you you want me to feel that if you're the Jets, he's never been committed to anything. What I saw with a press conference today with Jalen Hurts was commitment. I've never seen a press conference with Aaron Rodgers where I feel he's committed to anything including his own personal life. Let's bring G. Cobb in. See, it's getting getting interesting, huh? Hey, man, quite a a, um, treasure chest of goodies, man, that the Packers got for him. Just your takeaway on this. I mean, he's 40 years old and no commitment to play past 2023. Potentially, this could be two ones and three additional, four additional extra picks. I mean, Gary, Jesus, man. To get that guy in there for one year? I know, uh, you know, really, uh, for the Jets to make this type of move, it's just, I mean, how do you get caught up into this? You know, where you, you don't just do a deal, you, you, you where it's left and there's questions out there and you, you're getting it done at this late, uh, you know, part in the, uh, what is supposed to be a, you know, a transaction. Uh, and, and the thing is, I, I do think with Rodgers, you know, uh, he wants to go to New York, you know, um, he wants to go there to the big city. He sees the other things. You know, he's already done uh, where he was winning. He was hosting that show and stuff. You know, this is all about his career, uh, you know, after football. You can see this is that's what this is about, you know, because, you know, what is in Green Bay? You know, you know I've been to Green Bay. They, they, you know, I mean, uh, there are a lot of nice people in Green Gary, Bay. you got to fly into Appleton before you get into <laughs> Green Bay, before you even get to hey, Lambeau. And I got to drive on. through somebody's backyard to get there. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's something that that fits uh, Green Bay, uh, you know, and I, you know, I know the people like it, but you know, 
the guys are out of there the time the season's over. But anyway, but it's a nice place. I don't I'm only him blasting Green Bay. Hey Gary, you know nice it's, place, not it's not really all that when the the help is white. <laughs> listen, that's, listen. Hey, I'll tell you. Wait, wait. Say, say it again. I didn't hear exactly what you said. Uh, hey, you, you know, it's a kind of messed up place when the help is white. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I tell you. You know, a Green Bay is it's a different, you know, different place. It's not something we're used to, really, because it's so, you know, it, it's out there. It's it's, its own. It's um. Not you know well anyway let me leave it alone. I, yeah, I, let's because let, I just go there and visit you know that's all. But let's move on, Gary. This is where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, here on a Monday as we get ready for Thursday. You know I, I I've been trying to tell people like you know I get the offensive linemen that people are talking about a little bit. Yeah. But when you evaluate this draft, there's probably six players in it. It's not a deep draft. Those guards, if they go in any other year, in my opinion, they're not top 10 guys. Mm -hmm. So you've got to get an electric player because the Eagles are not going to be picking at 10. I mean, you and I agree. The the chances of them picking with the talent they have on the team now in the next five years is slim to none, right? It's just slim to none. You've got to get an impact player. I think they trade down, get Bijan at 14. Take the 30th pick, get a couple more picks, get it out there where you can go from six to maybe nine or maybe even 10 picks and and, and build a depth on your team because that was the biggest loss that they had this offseason yeah. was the depth around the positions. Uh, especially defensively, you know, that's where they had, you know, the losses. And so I don't know how they got these guys rated, but I think that they probably definitely they want to get more picks. You know that's in Howie's thing, and he's gonna he's gonna address the lines. Uh, you know, I mean, if he if he gets Robinson, I mean, if he does make the move, that'll that'll be a shocker to me. That will let you know that they think this kid is somebody's gonna just light this thing up. And and would he take the uh, the um, the offense to another level? Yes, but that's not their history, man. Goodness, they you know. Uh, they have been such a stickler to stand with what their formula is. Were and, you, you know, shocked? Were you shocked though last year, Gary? When they what? were you shocked though last year mm-hmm. when they traded the first round pick for AJ? Uh, no, because uh, th- what they see is, I mean, like really, this is Tennessee. This is their mistake. How do you let go of a kid who's like 25 years old? He's already been Pro Bowl twice. He's right in the heart of his career. I mean, you know, no, because he and he's a kid that hasn't been hurt. You know, he's big, he's strong. You know, how many receivers can you say are AJ Brown in the league? There are very few AJ Browns. I mean, a guy this big and physical, you know, who's got good hands and everything. Like, come on, how many of those guys in the league? Not, not very many of these guys in the league. So that's why. Why is A.J. Brown on the, on the trading market? Are you crazy? Over you see, $4 million bucks, too. I mean, it was hey, over a dispute of $4 million. Come on. They're still down there where the coach is mad, other people on the mad go, how did we get rid of A.J. Brown? I mean, especially, like I said, when he's like 24 years old, you get rid of a guy who's already shown he's one of the best receivers in the league, and you're getting rid of him for, like, what, are you crazy? So, 
you know, I, I mean, the A.J. Brown was a deal. You, you got to make that deal. Uh, that was Tennessee doing it's stupid. I don't know if anybody else is going to be that stupid. I want to show you this, though. Yeah. Okay? Jalen Hurts, and behind Jalen Hurts is Derrick Henry. To the left is A.J. Brown. To the right is Devontae Smith. You have that O-line. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rumors over the weekend, potentially there's some conversation with Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. And I and I hear people doing this. Well, he doesn't fit. I go, my friends, Derrick Henry fits everywhere. Yeah. And I'll tell you what he does do. Instead of him carrying the ball 38 times a game, he would carry the ball 12 times a game, get the same amount of yards, running behind the number one <laughs> offense. Can you imagine this? Watch this. So, so, Gary, here's the RPO. Jalen's looking at the linebacker or the edge or the strong safety. Henry's behind him. Lane Johnson's here. Jalen Hurts is here. You're a linebacker like Fred Warner going, holy shit. And you're going, who do I get? Goddard's on a block and release. Dude, you couldn't I mean, defend that offense. Yeah, it, it would be tough. Uh, you know, I, I definitely think, you know, uh, dealing with him – with the fact to to take him away, you got to commit so much to take him away, and you can't do that with all the weapons they have. I mean, He's, you are he had right. Fifteen hundred yards last year. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it would be something. Uh, even though I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen though, because again, it's not their formula. E- even though, so you wait, know, wait, wait, wait. I I hear you saying it like the guys, are, and I'm going. So wait a minute. Does Derrick Henry? Win you the Super Bowl if he's on your offense. 
I mean, you know, I, I, I definitely think offensively you're unstoppable. So you'd rather draft a guy in the sixth round? No, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that's not the Eagles formula. And I think they're going, I, I think they got a formula. And from what, for, for the time that Howie has, you know, really committed to it, they addressed the offensive and defensive lines first. Uh, they wouldn't be willing to put that much into a veteran running back like that. So you wouldn't give the 30th pickup for him? Um, now, you, you got to have to have an extensive physical on him. That's that that the whole thing is would be is how healthy is he, and is he going to be able to stay healthy? You know that that would be the big thing with him. Uh, but but I think he's going. But I but I don't, still like I said I don't think it's their formula, because they would be getting away for what they see as the formula for winning, which is investing in offensive and defensive lines, and then you got running back by committee. That's what they believe in. Well, here That's here's what, what I would say to you. What's okay, that? so you're playing the Eagles and Henry's in your huddle. Yeah, I'd be like this if I was a secondary guy like Josh Norman. Man, I don't <laughs> want to be on a highlight reel, man. That's right. I don't wait. Either Jalen throwing one over my head to Devontae or that dude stiff-arming me yeah. or AJ knocking me out because those two guys played together or Goddard going for 165 yards or Lane running me over because I'm worried about Henry. Hoss. He- he he would be very tough. I, don't, with other I think he'd be they have, City with that guy. With the other weapons they have, he would be very tough. You know, I mean, because I mean, defensively, you know, you can't commit to taking him away, which that's what they do. You know, we've been with with Tennessee. The teams have just said, "Look, if we got to put twelve guys on the line of scrimmage, that's what we're going to do." You know, that's that's the way they've been able to stop him. But of course, you couldn't do that against the Eagles and the weapons they have. So uh, he definitely would be, you know, I could see him, you know, ha- having uh, bi- a big season and the offense being nearly unstoppable. I could He'd see get that. Twenty one oh five. I'd still the Eagles though. That's not their formula. I, that just drives me crazy when I hear people <laughs> in Philly go. You know, if I knew a placeholder was the one yeah. piece away, Gary, yeah. from winning a Super Bowl, I'd give you a first rounder <laughs> for that placeholder. <laughs> Put him on my team. To go freaking win the game. I mean, it's not I, my form. I, I know I, what I, you're saying, but you're playing. Like I said, re- oh, okay. They, they are. I agree they, with you, though. <laughs> but you know, and I'm just telling you, you know, this is the way. You know, now they've had success doing it, and and you know, uh, it's just like the, the defensive coordinator. You know, <laughs> the guys playing. You know, don't give up the deep ball. Don't. Well, you know, they they just went over 500 yards against you. Uh, just don't give up the deep ball. You know, where. You know, there are people like that who, who are going to stay with their formula. And like I said, I believe they're committed to that formula. They've had success with that formula. So it's running back by committee, and it's addressed offensive and defensive lines. First of all, if there are marquee players there, you know, who have that potential, that's what they're going to draft first round. And I think that they will probably trade back in that with that 30th pick, and they're going to get more guys because – they want to have enough picks to where if they miss one or two, they feel like we had a good draft because we, we got four guys that come in and helped us. So yeah, absolutely. that's the way. That's just that's one last his, thing there. You know how he yeah. does have $21 million in cap space now. They can pay the guy if they had right. to. Hey, yeah. what'd you think of the press conference today? I'll tell you my big takeaway. First and foremost, though, mm-hmm. you know, telling my producer, he's saying that this was going to show my age. I'll be like, man, I, that tag that he had on his suit. 
I, I thought it was a men's warehouse tag, like a yeah. big and tall thing, man. This guy got $51 million. He's got a Gucci tag. It's like the tag, like, you know, I get a brand new suit for men's warehouse. Yeah. You know, I, I know he's going to get a Gucci. I mean, I guarantee you he's not wearing Strahan's finest off the rack Michael Strahan. Yeah. I get you're making money now, man. But, dude, the tag on the sleeve, man, not a good fashion look, well, you know, I mean, come on now. Uh, you know, the guys, man, you know, like I, I try to stay up with these kids. You know, I try to stay up, you know, so I go in the locker room. I know, okay, all right, okay, so what are you doing here, my man? You know, like, tell me what you're doing with this outfit. Because you see all kind of stuff. So I'm just trying to keep up, man. I'd stay on no, one side. No, it looked good. It looked good, but it it had like, I know. like the uh, 30% off tag on I, I the sleeve. And I'm like. Come on, man! You make fifty-one hey, million dollars. You just got a hundred million put in the bank, man. They must. Everyone knows you're either wearing Armani or Gucci, dog. They, They're good. They, they must. They must think that's it, man. I, you know, now I wouldn't do it, but you know, I, I just shake my head all the time with these. Man, these you kids, need to rip man. that that's... thing off there. Anyway, I'll tell you one thing though, Gary, that I did yeah. love. Man, you could tell the owner just loves the guy. You could tell, you know, how much he enjoys playing in Philly. And I yeah. was telling people, you know. When you're from Houston and Gary, when you come to Philly or New York or like you where you and I are from and my wife's from Texas, she came yeah. up there. And she goes like this, man, does everybody up here hate their life? I go, no, they're just not going to open up right away because when somebody in Texas goes like this, hey, how you doing? Here's me and you where we're from. What's up? What's it? What's it to you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, we talk about his adjustments coming to the city. Yeah. I think he figured it out a little bit better than maybe even McNabbing quicker because they've really taken to him. Well, you know, the thing is, you know, the kid is committed. Yeah. This kid is committed and, you know, he, he's down to earth. So that's why, you know, all of the, the, the uh, his teammates love him because, you know, he's a quarterback that's level-headed and everything. And, and, and then he puts in the work. You know, uh, he's having them in different parts of the country where he'll have the uh, fly the guys in. Let's go to work. And because they're doing the work, and the thing about him is he's gotten better every year. He's gotten better, clearly. You know, and, of course, he made a huge jump this year. And so uh, he's just been down to earth, and that's why, you know, he, he's a filler guy because the dude will go to work. This is a blue-collar city, comes in here, go to work. They, they love him, and the guy wants to win, and, you know, it's all about winning. And, you know, he's not celebrating last year because they didn't win it all. He said he wanted to win titles. That's what Philly wants to hear. Philly wants titles, you know. Hey, Gary. Um, yeah. Yeah, shit, man. These, these guys made me take my cowboy helmet. And I had to put it in the garage, dog. I mean, <laughs> I, had, I had to put my – my. they go, don't, don't, don't put that helmet up, man. I mean, all right. So I, I had to hide my cowboy helmet here. Let me throw you, this at you. You know they give me the business all the time because I played down there some. You know. Oh, I was in a guy. Hey, everyone here. all over me. I was in the locker room. Yeah. And Ed Tutal Jones was here. Yeah. I'm here. Gary Cobb, because Gary and I, we had lockers at Thousand Oaks together. Yeah. And we're sitting there. He walks in. He goes, I just betrayed the Eagles. Ed goes like this. You're kidding. <laughs> and Gary goes, man, I'm going to Philly. And, and I remember we're sitting there. I'm like, man, they know you played in Detroit and Dallas. They, they'll get over the Detroit thing. I don't know about this. <laughs> you know, both of the uh, 
you know, uh, Philly and uh, Dallas will never uh, be a love story. I don't, it'd, be, it'd never be a love story. Maybe there are some couples who one lived in Philly, one lived in Dallas, whatever, but uh, not a lot of them. Cause... Hey, last question for you here. Yeah. Do you think the Eagles, and I said this earlier, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I think the Eagles are in a better place today than what they were in when they even won the Super Bowl in 17 going into the 2018 season. And they're better in they're better in direction, roster, everything that's going on, environment. Do you feel they're in a better place today after the Super Bowl loss than they were when they won the game going into the 18 season? You think they're in a better place right now as an organization? Uh, I think so because when when they they won uh, the Super Bowl in eighteen, they had a lot of guys that were on their last step. Meaning this Chris was Chris Long, yeah, like Eric so, so Blunt, them yeah. dudes. I mean, you had some guys that left. Then a lot of guys, more of them, should have left because that was it. And so they found out that hey, numerous guys didn't have it anymore. So this team is is much younger. I mean, they've got guys in the prime of their career. That's why they're looking at everything they can to put the pieces in place to let these guys go ahead and try to win another one because they're in, I mean, like we mentioned AJ Brown, he's in the prime of his career. This guy's ready uh, to win. You, you know, you got Devonte Smith and you look at that whole offensive line. So many of those guys are in their prime. Um, and, and you have some guys on defense like that. So it's win now. And they are in a win-now situation, and they are a better team than the team after they won the Super Bowl uh, back in the 18 uh, Super Bowl. So, uh, All right, I'm going to leave you with this team. one here, too. Um, yeah. any, any predictions for Thursday, a pick? Anybody you like? What do they do? In your opinion, what do they do at 10, and what do they do at 30? I think you said well, I, you think they trade the 30th pick. What no. do they do at 10? I could see them drafting an offensive lineman, uh, the kid that everybody's all high on. Um, Paris Johnson? I, 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 uh, no, no, Skronowski? no. He, yes. Uh, so I, if he's there, and now good chance he might not be there, but I think they will draft him if he's there. Uh, and then if they don't, then I think they will uh, they, they'll grab one of the defensive linemen. You know, one of the guys uh, either – it'll probably be a um, guy coming off the corner because, I, you know, I don't think those defensive tackles are going to be there, so. Uh, that's well, I got the I guy on tomorrow the that traded. I got the guy on tomorrow that traded you. So, Jimmy Johnson's on tomorrow. So I'll be making sure I go. Hey, Cobb said f you. <laughs> well, hey, really, hey, really, he didn't though, because I finished with the Cowboys and I, um, I was already there when he when he uh, took over. Okay. See, was, oh, so Tom brought you in. Uh, yeah, I went. I went from the uh, uh, Eagles to the Cowboys. Really, yeah. So, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. There you go. Hey, Gary. Yeah. Love you, man. Thank you so much. All right. Hey, have a good one. All right. I appreciate it. That's our friend Gary Cobb. Fox 29. Hit the like button. I'm going to reset. We'll get back into this when it comes to needs. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Soleno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Top five players, some surprises at defensive tackle. We've got a couple guys that maybe the Eagles could take a look at in this draft. And where I think these quarterbacks are going to go in the draft, we're going to do that because I think it dictates where these teams are going to go or maybe trying to trade up or down. Um, I want to reset a little bit and get back in order here because I've got the draft evaluation chart here. And again, don't forget tomorrow at 3.30, Jimmy Johnson, the creator of it, I would say that 70% of the teams in the league use that chart to prepare for an NFL draft, including the Eagles. I know Joe Douglas uses it. I know Andrew Barry in Cleveland uses it. And so it's kind of where we are here with this. And I think we got all the way down to Indianapolis. Uh, Carolina needs a quarterback, edge, wide receiver, corner, tight end, offensive guard, D-line. Houston needs a quarterback, guard, wideout. It's a terrible draft for wide receivers. Safety LB, edge, and D-line. Arizona needs a D-line, uh, edge, running back, tight end, OG, corner, wide out. Indy needs cornerback, 
quarterback, wide receiver, edge, OG, safety, LB. Number five is Seattle. This is interesting here because Geno Smith factors into this now. Do you feel comfortable the next two years? Pete Carroll's 71. You think Pete Carroll wants to sit around breaking in a new quarterback, or maybe he wants to leave the team in a good position because any coach that leaves his team, like right now, if Bill Belichick were to leave the New England Patriots, he would leave them in ruin. And what you'd like to do is, if you want to really have a great legacy, on the way out the door, you want to leave your team like Jimmy left that team to Barry Switzer and to Jerry Jones. You want to leave it in a position that it's a championship football team. And currently right now, Seattle's got to look at it. Does Pete want to go down that route? Does he want to be in that position? Or does he still want to win ball games? Because remember something. I think, hey, I think Pete Carroll, I think Pete Carroll is a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, Joe says this is a great wide receiver draft. This sucks at wide receiver. Really? You see playmakers in this thing? Where? What playmaker do you go wow with? There's not one wide receiver in that draft you go, that's Jamar Chase. That's Jalen Waddle. That's Devontae Smith. There's none of those guys in this draft. You see guys in that draft where you went, man, that guy is special. There's nobody in that. I mean, you knew when Jamar Chase, you were like, holy shit, that guy. And he had 1,500 yards his rookie year. I mean, there's nobody in this draft. Zero in this draft that makes you go, wow. I've never actually seen a draft where the wide receiver position is not front and center when it comes to conversation. It usually is quarterback wide out. Now it's O-line, edge. There's more conversation on Bijan than wide receivers in this draft. Who's Zay Flowers? Sorry, I must have missed a bunch of games of his. Who's he? Is that the kid from BC? Sorry, Boston College? I, I don't know. Marvin Harrison Jr., the draft next year is great for wideouts. Absolutely. Be a lot of great wide receivers in next year's draft. Okay? I, I, I completely agree. So you got to ask yourself if you're Seattle. Um, okay, Joe. 17 great wide receivers. 17 really good wide receivers. I'd rather take Juju Smith-Schuster than anything in this draft. Outside of the first six dudes. <laughs> okay, Seattle needs a safety. I, can you imagine this? Seattle needs a safety. Okay, they trade Jamal Adams to the Jets. And they need a safety position, but they're not drafting a safety in the first round. Zay Flowers pulled out of the draft. Good for him. He probably needed to. Um, then look, look at the positions Seattle needs. Safety and LB. They addressed it with, um, what's his name coming back? Okay. But they probably, you could probably take that off the list. So DL, is that Jalen Carter? Could that be Jalen? See, to me, Seattle takes Jalen Carter, but they addressed that also in free agency. They need a wideout on the other side of DK Metcalf. You can get one of what's-his-name's receivers in the, in the second day, I guess. They need an offensive line help. 
They need edge help. They need a tight end. To me, the pick is DT, O-line, if you're not going to go quarterback. So to me, could Skarnowski go there to Seattle? Would he help? Probably. Detroit, tight end. Detroit gets rid of that Hawkinson kid, sends him to an in-division team, and then they turn around in the draft and their biggest need is tight end. Is it because they didn't want to pay him? Did they not think he's good? I thought he brought a lot to Detroit. When he went to Detroit, did you not think that Hawkinson kid brought something to the table offensively? See, that, this, that doesn't make sense here. But I don't know, man. So Detroit now, I mean, why would you think tight end would be like a need? You got the guy from Minnesota, right? I don't think that's a need. Corner. They got CJ in the slot. Maybe there. OG, could you help there? Yeah. Quarterback is potentially in place. Linebacker, not a not a good one. Lions traded Hawkinson to the Vikings. That, that's what I mean. That's right. That's right. So you had to, that's what I, hey, hey, Tone, you had the guy and you traded him to the Vikings in division. That's, yeah, that's it. So now you have a need there at tight end. How's that work? You had a guy. I guess you didn't think he was good enough. I thought he was good in Minnesota. um, Vegas. Here's Vegas' needs. OT. Look at their needs. This is so un-Philadelphia Eagle. This is so un-Eagle. Check it out. The Raiders needed offensive tackle, an offensive guard, which is theory saying you need help in your old line. How in the world was Derek Carr going to have success when you have a shitty old line? What's that kid's leather, leather something from Alabama? He was a turd. Leatherwood was his name. That kid was a turd. He just did not. And he was a high pick. That kid Leatherwood, massive turd. And that's what happens when you miss on guys like that. They never miss in Philly when it comes to the O-linemen. Man, teams just cut. You know, I think more teams whiff on more offensive linemen than even the quarterback position because there's five guys. Man, Dave Gettleman was fired in New York with the Giants because he couldn't get that position right. Jamison brings something up. Did you see C.J. Stroud had the lowest IQ score? That's not an IQ score. That's a wonderlick test. It's common sense shit, okay? Can I tell you what that test sometimes do? I think I got a 25 on it or something, 26, something like that. I think it's out of 50. You know what my problem was with the test? I didn't have any patience for it. I didn't have patience for it. You know what some guys do? They just go through it and don't do it and they don't care. You know why? I don't give a shit if you can break down molecular engineering. I don't care if you have rhyme or reasoning. I just care that you're a football savant. I don't care about your common sense shit when it comes to 
putting together a model with airplane glue. I cared that you know how to play football. And to me, that test is the dumbest thing on the planet. And what it does is um, if, if you put out, to me, the NFL, don't put that test out just on black players. Put that test out on all players. Okay? Just be careful. Because you stereotype with that sometimes. And that stereotype of black quarterbacks is still out there and prevalent. Ask Lamar Jackson. Just be careful on the messaging. I'm not saying anybody did anything. And I'm not saying that they were painting him in any kind of way. I'm just saying be careful. There's still a negative thought process to some about black quarterbacks. Make sure you have white quarterbacks also with their scores released. Because that's the worst thing you can have out there. Because that stereotype is still there with some. Bill Polian. Some organizations wanted Lamar Jackson to do sprints because they didn't think he was good enough to play quarterback in the NFL. Just be careful with that. Okay? No, no, no. You can't be a dumbass, Yale, and win ball games. I agree. Okay? Now, remember something about college. In college... Quarterbacks in college are told where to throw the ball. In the NFL, you have to know where to throw the ball. There is a big difference in game approach with coordinators. It's a completely different game. That's what makes Bryce Young kind of a special guy because he knew where to go with the ball because of his study habits. And that's what I think. Can I tell you this? I think that's what really kind of hampered Jalen in college because Jalen was told where to throw the ball. Once Jalen got into the NFL, he wasn't told where to. It was up to him and his decision-making process. And I think that's why he's become a better player than Tua. Tua was told where to throw the ball in college. He was told, Saban, go back and listen to those, to those meetings going back and forth with Saban and with... Uh, Tua, Saban would sit there and tell him, you should have went here. You should have went there. You should have went there. I can guarantee you, nobody sits down in an offensive meeting with Jalen Hurts and goes, you should have went here. You should have went there. You know what the coaches are probably asking Jalen Hurts? Why'd you go here? Why'd you go there? What did you see to make you go here? So that they can get on the same page. That's coaching, my friends. That's why Hurts has gone ahead of Tua. Okay? He's gone ahead of Tua because... The coaches are working with him at Alabama. Tua was being told where to go with the ball. And that's not Jalen Hurts' game. You don't really think that a a traditional coordinator could come into Philadelphia and go, Jalen, this is the offense I want you to run. He would fail massively. The stuff that Steichen and Sirianni did by trusting, it's not so much that Jalen's talents are spectacular over the top. His decision-making has become spectacular. And his hard work on getting better at quarterback accuracy is why they gave him the money. See, Jalen Hurts' decision-making is why he's in the position he's in. Not because he throws the ball better than Joe Burrow or uh, Josh Allen or Mahomes. His thinking process is better. That's, that's why, And that's why they feel comfortable with that, that he's going to continue to evolve. 
Ryan Fitzpatrick, Blaine Gabbert, Alex Smith, and Eli Manning have the top all-time Wonderlick scores. I think evaluate some someone another way. Correct. Blaine Gabbert. Okay, Blaine Gabbert was great with suck-ass talent. Alex Smith was average. Eli Manning was a really good – Eli Manning's not elite to me. I thought he was a really great player, and I thought he was one of those streakiest guys I've ever seen. This guy had a lot of Nick Foles in him. I think Eli Manning was a little bit better than Nick Foles, and that's pretty good. Eli's, Eli beat the GOAT twice. Have you? I've never seen a quarterback in my life go on runs like Eli did in the postseason, including his brother. I mean, this guy was so streaky. And then look at his last nine years in the NFL. Completely fell apart when the roster fell apart around him. Jerry Reese left. Tom Coughlin left. And then they were screaming to get rid of Eli. I guarantee you this. Now after all the bullshit you've seen with quarterback play in New York, I wonder what people are saying now going, damn, Eli wasn't all that bad, was he? (laughs) Eli wasn't all that bad. Okay, right? Let me get to the top 10 and I'll take a time out here, Tone. Atlanta. Are you okay with Desmond Ritter? Could you take a quarterback here with Anthony Richardson be down there? Would you make a trade for Lamar Jackson? How about Lamar Jackson trade? Okay. I mean... Quarterback, Desmond Ritter? Cornerback? Look at all these teams that need corners, and you got two of them. Think about that in premium positions. You got two bookend offensive tackles. You got an edge rusher. You got two corners. You got two wideouts. You got a top flight tight end. And you got a cast of characters that run them back. The weakest position on your team is your running game. Or not your running game, your running back position. Am I right when I say that? The weakest room at the NovaCare Center is the running back room because we don't give a shit. Oh, no. The two, the two weakest areas of the Eagles, your special teams and your running back room. Is that fair? Right? Special teams and running back room. Okay? Joe goes, I like Ritter. I don't know, man. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm probably Switzerland on him too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess, I guess. Chicago, here, look at this. Chicago needs an offensive tackle, an offensive guard. They need a corner, D line, edge, and tight end. I mean, you got to protect your quarterback. You got to go to me. It's old line for the Bears. Bears, I mean, would you take the running back? Probably not because you're in a rebuild. See, here's why the Bears can't take Bijan. They may trade it. They can't take Bijan. Why? You got to build your team from the inside out, not from the outside in or from the backfield. You, you, you got to build like the Eagles do from your lines out. Always remember never build your football team from the outside perimeter in. You just can't. you got to build from inside out. Why do you think Coughlin drafted Tony Baselli number one overall? 
Got to start in the O-lines, guys. You got to start in the O-lines. Philly. Um, safety. Here's the needs on the team. Safety. Wide receiver three. OG. Running back, linebacker, DT, and edge. Getting older with Graham. You need more depth and D-tackle. Your linebacker position's in shambles. Your running backs are a collection of nothing. You got an open starting job at guard. Wide receiver three. It's kind of a priority. I'd say it's priority three. Safety's probably priority two. Um, see, the running back with Bijan is a luxury. But isn't this 10th pick a luxury pick? The Eagles should be picking 30th because of where they finished in the season. This is a luxury pick. Treat it as a luxury pick. You're never going to be there again, or you shouldn't be. If the Eagles are in the top 15 in the next five years, disaster has happened like it did after the 17th season. That's why I say I think they're in a better place now. So if this is a luxury pick, make it a luxury pick. Make it a player that can help you today. Miles Murphy. <laughs> Nolan Smith. So you're going to take another track athlete like you did last year and expect that guy to step in and play with you. Look, I like the Georgia kids too. There's just one thing that bugs me a lot about the Georgia guys. You look down at their production charts, two sacks, three sacks, eight games, six. Run a four, seven, eight, and another guy runs a four, three. Okay, are they good? Great football players. There's a lot of talent. Hope they live up to it, both guys. I would say this to you about Nolan Smith. He hasn't lived up to that ability, and Jordan Davis hasn't. So you're going to have another one of those guys on your team? I don't want to be gun-shy either, but, hey, I know, B-Walk. I've been picking on – Say, hey, Tone says the same thing. Sills, man, Miles Murphy's going to find you and kick your ass when he sees you, dude. <laughs> I mean, how many times you keep ripping on – and I'm not really because he's a good ball player. He's a good he's he's a good ball player. Hey, hey, yell goes, they rotate. Yeah, not when big sales plays. I had Cortez and Russell behind me. You ain't getting in on me, dog. Nobody take no big sales don't sit the bench. That wasn't working like that. Yeah. Not me, man. I used to have me and Jerome had a rule. If we came out and we rotated for somebody, we better not see a drop off in talent. Because if we did, you didn't get back in there again. You you start putting other dudes in there, I'd look over at Butch Davis and go, dude, this guy, this is not happening here. We can't be giving up yards like that because we used to get offended if we gave up a lot of rushing yards, which we never did. We gave up like 1.4 yards of, um, of like a run and drove that, and I never wanted it over two, two yards of carry because we thought that that was offensive. And we always led the nation in the least amount of points scored. Those were two things I hung my hat on. I'm like, we're not doing that. That's not working. I come over to the bench and I would complain. Dude, 
You're not putting Ernie Parrish in. He's getting drilled. And Ernie's standing next to me. I go, son, no, I'll work with you, but we're not having this. That's not working for us. Jerome would go, agreed. If you're going to rotate, you better make plays. That's why you have Russell Maryland and Cortez and Sapp and all the rest of these guys, Jimmy Jones and all the rest of these guys behind you. When they got in, they made plays. They had to. When we were, we were, hey, if you made plays, we were good. I played 75 plays, 70 plays a game. I'd give up 10 of them. But you better make plays. Okay? Today, they rotate these guys in and out. Not me. I, 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 tell, I tell Mario Cristobal, why do you rotate so many guys when you're, when you're six, and th- six and seven? Would you guys rotate people if you didn't have a 500 record? Not me, man. I'm dying with my best. I'm dying with my best dudes on the field. I'm not rotating guys because I, I'm afraid they're going to go to the transfer portal. I'd be like this, sayonara, get the get out of here. You're not worthy to be here. You're not, I, you know what? I, I'll leave you on this, and we'll take a time out here. I told Mario Cristobal after that last season, 75% of that roster that you have at the University of Miami right now don't deserve to wear hurricane uniforms. And he agreed. I said, those guys on the sidelines with them selfies and all that bullshit going on, if that were me and Jerome, we would have smacked those guys in the head. We would have beat them up right there on the sidelines. Nobody celebrates until the game is over. Nobody celebrates. That Van Dyke shit, I would have beat him in the head. That selfie shit, and they lost that game. I would have dropped an elbow on him. I would have beat him up. That was old sills. Now I can't get out of my own way. <laughs> that's not, I'm not, that's, that, that would not fly with us. You know that turnover chain thing? I would have hung somebody with it. I, w- I would not have, that would not have happened. Turnover chain? Are you kidding? You give the turnover chain after the game in the locker room when you win. And it's a team thing. I'll give you, I got to give you one last thing. We used to have the green jacket. You know what the green jacket is? Because we used to make fun of our our, our uh, president. His name was Tad Foot. I couldn't stand the guy. And he didn't like our attitudes and he didn't like the color of our team. And he didn't like a lot of shit about us. Because we were not, quote, Miami guys or University of Miami. Those guys thought they were the yellow of the South. And plus we were in Carl Gables. And so they didn't like it. So they made us wear suits or suit jackets. So what we did was we goofed on them. And we took one of the jackets, because after that, Jimmy didn't let us do it. We took one jacket, the green jacket, and it was passed down to the best D lineman and the captain. Jerome had the green jacket. Kevin Fagan had it. Jim Bird had it. Um, Ted Hendricks had it. This, th- this went from down because he, he they, no, I don't think from Hendricks, but I think from Kevin Fagan down. Fagan passed it down to Jerome. Jerome passed it down to Stubbs. Stubb passed it down to Cortez. No, to Russell Maryland. Maryland passed it down to Cortez. And this went on for a long time. And of course, Larry Coker stopped it. And that's why the Miami Hurricanes are in a position that they're in because we had tradition. Nobody. 
No, but that D that D line. That's why Miami's not in the place they're in now, because they got suck ass D linemen. We take a timeout. Hour number three. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno, and I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Dub Genzo, I don't know, man. I don't know if you're that far off. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if you're that far off, dude. <laughs> Good thing Sills got married or he'd probably be in jail. Hey, hey, Sub, just so you know, I've been married for 35, 36 years now, I think. Okay, I mean, she's kind of like, you know. I've never met anyone I hated more in my life, but loved more in my life. I think the feelings are mutual. Though. Oh, oh man. 
It's same. It's it's a rough room. Let's just say this, man. Oh, I like the kid from Baylor. Uh, he's 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 a good looking football player. Okay, I do. He's a good looking football player. Uh, I'm I'm awake. Are you? Gotta end that conversation right away. <laughs> you picked the right one. Thank you. Yeah. I, let me just say this to you. Those of you out there, Tone, this is some advice for you. Okay. Never, never. Well, no, you 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 got a family. This is for your friends. Yeah, just remember this. Okay, just remember this. If you if you want a miserable life, you marry a really hot chick. If you want to be fed and loved, you marry a fat chick. You'll always be fed. You'll always be loved. <laughs> just, just promising you, just promising you that. You want to have a miserable life? Marry a hot smoking chick. Trust me. Just, I'll, I'll just leave that to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. <don't know. laughs> Oh man, dude. Yeah, married hot women, man. Not always cracked up to be what it is. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna finish this here in a second. Get back on the on the uh on the team's needs and such. But here are my top five football players. Here's my top five football players going into the draft. I think there's a couple other guys in here. And I'll say it one more time, just resetting. Dude, Paris Johnson. And Peter Skarnowski are not top 10 talented players. In this draft, they are. Does that mean you should take a top 10 guy who's not a top 10 player? This draft is not that hot. That's why you've got to take everything with a grain of salt here in this draft. How many people think Will Levis is a first-round quarterback? Really? If I were to put him on the list of players... Going into the draft, he's like top 30, somewhere top 30, maybe a second day guy. But this guy may go eight. But you want to know why the quarterback position gets annihilated when it comes to failures? Is because of just what I said. Okay? Draft is a top. The top 10 is pretty decent. But after 10, here's the best players. Here's the five best players. Okay? I got Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Bijan Robinson, Tyree Wilson, and I got the kid Gonzalez from Oregon, the corner. The rest of them? I mean, I think the kid Gonzalez is a good-looking football player. The more you watch him on film, the corner, transferred from Colorado, went to Oregon. Yeah, B-Walk. Those are the players that make me go, wow. The rest of them don't. Paris Johnson's a good ball player. Peter Skarnowski's a good ball player. Joey Porter doesn't jump off the tape at you. He does not. And he gets lost in coverage. He's not overly quick. Uh, Witherspoon, you know, as much as I love the player, 
And as much as I love the aggressiveness, he takes false steps. He takes some false steps sometimes. And you watch him play on film. Hey, a good wide receiver? Like, watch watch Marvin Harrison Jr. versus him. And then you come back and tell me what you think. Watch Marvin Harrison Jr. versus him. Run circles around him. Gives him, gives him false reads. And gives him false steps. Gets away from him. I think the kid's a good ball player. But Marvin Harrison, I, I thought Marvin Harrison Jr. ate him up. Um, the kid from Iowa that that um what's his name? Van Dyke? Dick Van Dyke? The kid from Iowa, Dick Van Dyke. Is that his name? Yeah, help me out. Dick Van Dyke from Iowa. The guy didn't even start at Iowa. He can't play to run, but you want to play him in Philly in the NFC East. Dick Van Dyke can't play the run in the Big Ten, and you want him to play the run in the NFC East. Dick Van Dyke can't play to run. Yeah, but he's rangy. He's got long arms. He's really – okay. He couldn't start a down um, at Iowa. Dude, I don't want anything – I don't want anything to do with Dick Van Dyke. Nothing. I have no interest in Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, it shows you see him, man. He's a playmaker, or he goes, he's a playmaker, but some stiff started over him. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, come on, Doug. This guy, this guy played a bunch of teams at Mayberry RFD. Oh, wait, that's Andy Griffin. Same dude. Van Ness. I thought it was Dick Van Dyke. I don't know. Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Holy shit. No interest. <laughs> okay. Like Dawkins. Okay, yeah, maybe putting Joey over at Jack Campbell's not bad. I don't he's not a, I think he's a late first one. If he does go in the first, he's probably top of the second. Okay? Probably top of the second. A white guy who can't jump. <laughs> Uh, the only thing sub that I couldn't do, hey, hey, um, Tone, I could slam a Nerf ball. I couldn't, I, I couldn't do the basketball because I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I could palm it, but I couldn't get it above the rim. But back in the day, Big Silski grabbed the rim. I had, a, I had a 27 and a half vertical at 290. It was pretty good. As a matter of fact, because everyone, Always questions that. I have documents too. I have newspaper articles that I think my power quotient was the best on the Canes team because I was 290 and I had a 27 and a half vertical and I benched 540 and I ran a 4.8. Tiny hands? No, I'm not Trump, JM. <laughs> not little hands. Those aren't little hands. What are you, crazy man? I don't have little hands. Hey, you want to? Hey, I'm going to move on here. The craziest thing I ever saw, I, I had my show on in Orlando. Okay. What's your vertical now? You see this phone? I'd be lucky if I could jump over that thing. I couldn't jump over a stack of quarters right now, brother. What's my vertical now? I couldn't jump over a stack of quarters. Okay. 
I, I, I couldn't. Did you know Dennis Burns at UM? Uh, what year was that, Joe? Let's see here. Yeah, I'm, I had a really good vertical, man. Hey, Notre Dame. Hey, so Notre Dame had me come in. Jump up and touch the rim. Jerry Fouts goes to sales. I didn't come here to play for Digger Phelps. He's like, well, you know, you may not play here until your senior year at Notre Dame. Okay. It, I, I, I Believe me, you know what I did? I, I, I put that in the back of the Big Sill ledger. And when we were beating the piss out of Notre Dame 51 to 7, no, 57 to, what was it, 53 to 3? We beat them by 51 points, whatever it was. We beat Notre Dame by 51 points. We were running reverses on them. We were killing them. And it was his final game. Hey, coach, thought you said I wouldn't play. <laughs> we we're kicking. I think they had Alan Pinkett and Steve Berline. We beat the piss out of them. It was on national television, man. I go back home. My nuns and shit are going crazy because I'm with the Catholic schools. You beat God's team. Well, Jesus took a knee today. <laughs> Holy cow, man. Did I take heat for that in a newspaper? Oof, man, that was it. I got I, Jimmy called me and he goes, Jesus took a knee. <laughs> no, I said, touchdown, Jesus took a knee. That's what I said. Guys after the game go, wait, hey, guys after the game at the newspapers, Yale, guys after the, the newspaper guys go, would you, would you guys think you had to run reverses against Notre Dame? I go, touchdown, Jesus took a knee today. <sighs> man, I got hammered for that. Jimmy goes, really? Getting so much shit from the priest. I had to make an apology. Oh, it was a whole bunch of shit. Man, I had to go to, hey, I was almost like I had to go for confession. I had to go see Judge Gale. He took me around to like the Catholic churches in South Florida. I, you know, yeah, you know, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Oh, man. I got a lot of heat for that. A lot of heat. Oh, that was a lot. Got home, I took heat. Oh, you fought. Holy cow. Sister Judith to Marguerite Fish, the lady who used to paddle me all the time. She's like, what? Oh, man, that was a big one. <laughs> um, hey, it was a big one. Well, you know what? You know, we used to always think when we were when Notre Dame was tearing us a new one in the 70s and 60s, Parsegia never laid up. You know, he was beating Miami 77 to 7. He was kicking the shit out of us. All those old players were coming back going, hey. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think they only scored three points on the two games I was involved in. I think they only scored three points, and we scored 98 points in like two games on them. We crushed them. The, the game up there was later after I left. But the games we played, we beat the hell out of them. They were never close. Bunch of slow white guys. It just, it just wasn't going to work. <laughs> These guys come running. Out. Tim Brown was, I've never, I've never in my life seen a guy get so abused than Tim Brown. Holy Benny Blades and all them guys back there were saying things about his sister, his mother, 
And man, I think he had 17 yards in three games against us. I mean, they were going in on hey, me and Jerome were in the huddle going like this. <laughs> hey, you guys are gonna get hammered for this, man. We're just sitting here, we're doing this. Look, we're going, we're just start laughing. Everyone's just started laughing because we're going. And then the Notre Dame guy started laughing because Tim Brown, he was getting abused. And we're just, we're, 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 we got our heads down. We're going, oh my God. I, hey, and I just start laughing. And Jerome starts laughing. Stub start, we just start laughing. It just was, it was too funny, man. Hey, Tim, you son of a, I'm going to beat the living shit out of you in front of your mother and your girlfriend in the parking lot at the Orange Bowl. Hey, Tim. Your girlfriend better not be around because when I'm done with you, I'm coming for oh, like we're, we're <laughs> oh man, ain't no crying in football. <laughs> hey, man, we were a different breed of dudes, man. Those teams, we couldn't get it. You could not get away with that shit today. No way in the planet. But then again, hey, I'm gonna move on. Okay, but. You guys know Rick Riley? You guys remember Rick Riley? Rick Riley wrote this in a column. Miami Hurricanes have so much talent. It's incredible. However, they're the only football team I've ever seen that takes their team picture from the front and from the side. <laughs> Look it up. Google it. Rick Riley, Miami's the only team I've ever seen that takes their team picture from the front and side. I saw that guy the next time we saw him at a game. And I made sure I told him, I go, let me just tell you something, man. You're lucky. You're lucky who you are. Because you talk about my brothers like that and you talk about my teammates like that. That's a racist comment, guy. No one cared back then. They thought we were animals. But that pissed me off. Miami takes their team picture from the front and side. I was like, I'm going to tell you this. You're lucky I don't turn you upside down. I told him that. Jimmy came over to all the coaches. I said, don't you ever talk about us like that again. And he wrote something in there, Basilio's mouth, and he's threatening me, and he put that in the newspaper before the Penn State game and all that shit. I was like, I was going to kick his ass right there. Don't you ever talk about my teammates like that. I was so angry. This guy was kissing all the way up on Joe Paterno's ass and – Jerry Sandusky's ass and kissing those guys and Sandusky was molesting children and years removed from all that. Look who was the bad guy in the end. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. or wasn't my teammates. My teammates are all in the media. Great guys. Okay. It was your coach and your enabling coach. That was the person that you needed. St. Joe. Remember that on the cover of sports illustrated St. Joe man, sports illustrated man of the year. We were all like this, okay. Years removed from that, of course. We were all like, hey, who turned out to be the bad guy? Wasn't us. But you labeled us that. Team pitcher from the front and side. I was like, you ever talk to us like that again, I'm going to kick your ass. Jerome was furious. I thought Jerome was going to kill him. There's no stopping him. <laughs> Hey, you could probably stop me. You ain't no stopping him. Dude, that guy gets angry. I've seen Jerome angry. He's he's not, that's not, you're not stopping that thing. You got, you would have to shoot Jerome because he's, he's just, that, you're not doing that. 
he, we and him were both. We, we scared the shit out of him. I know that. They got a letter from Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated and I are cool now. Okay? I was like, don't you ever talk about my teammates like that. You don't know where many of these kids come from. Single parent moms. Moms working their asses off. Um, if you only knew who they were. There was mothers that were in homes with dirt on the floor and grass on the roof. Like Eddie Brown. You walk into those homes and you're sitting there going, man, what hardworking moms, single moms. And you get a whole new respect for life. Michael Irvin from a family of 17. You just sit there and you're going, man, this is no game. No game. Jail, NFL, prison. Pick one. The guys are getting out at UM, the suburbanite guys and all these other dudes. That's why they've lost the edge. They've lost the edge because they don't have the edge there anymore. They didn't have guys. Hey, my grandfather said it too. You're either working on a boat, going to the army. That's it. That's how we grew up, man. Every one of us. You know, you, hey, you know, going to UM. I, I I came from a I came from a high school. I had one black guy in it. It was the greatest education of my life going to Miami. Greatest. Great. They're all my friends today. Every one of them. I had Alfredo Roberts, who's now the tight end coach with the Steelers. Um, him, him and Michael Irvin been hanging out. By the way, Michael, Michael, Michael apologized. He's not doing anything for the draft. I tried to get him for today. But he's not doing anything. And I know why. He's got some issues at home. So we're going to leave that alone. Yeah, man. uh, UM likes to go out there into the suburbs now instead of under the bridge to get us. They used to go under the bridge. Jimmy used to go under the bridge to get us, along with Howard. He used to go under the bridge. Now they go out there in the nice neighborhoods. Hey, you like to come to Miami? You know? We're now basketball school anyway, so. Anyway, we need some help defensively. So I threw some tackles out here. I think the kid Kalijah can see the DT from Pitt. Prob- I wouldn't be shocked if he goes to Kansas City. I'm going to continue through the draft here. Um. I think Brian Breezy's probably going to be a first-rounder. Here's somebody to keep an eye on. Plays at South Carolina. Middle-round guy, somewhere from three, four. Zach Pickens, DT, South Carolina. Keep an eye on him. Was one of the highest-recruited defensive tackles in high school. And I think because of coaching and some talent around him, I think that he didn't really ever fulfill and live up to his destiny when he got to South Carolina. And I think with better coaching and with Tracy around him, I think he could be somebody. He kind of fits, he kind of fits the um the Javon Hardgrave type guy. Okay. I like this kid. Somebody just to keep an eye on. 
as we're looking at depth for the defensive tackle position, we stopped at Philly when it came to needs. And again, I want to reset here a little bit. Carolina quarterback, edge, wide receiver, cornerback, tight end, OG, DL. Houston, quarterback, OG, wide receiver, safety, LB, edge, D-line. Arizona, D-line, edge, running back, tight end, OG, cornerback, wide receiver. The reason I'm doing this, don't look at names on the back of the jerseys. When you hear analysts talking or people on the radio talking about names on the back of the jersey, those are the names that have been reported. And those are the names that are getting a lot of love. You know why? Because they're on national television. Because all of the draft, and you understand covering the draft sometimes. Here, the people in Philadelphia that are on the radio, you think they sit around talking and looking at draft charts and draft sheets all year long? Or do you think they covered the draft like the World Cup? Yeah, think about this for, for, for instance. Some people covering the draft is like covering me covering the World Cup and telling you, hey, you know, Argentina and Iceland are really great. Hey, have you seen Greenland and Iceland? And I don't even know if they have soccer teams there. I have no idea. Hey, you know, I, I was watching that striker who plays at Chile. And, you know, that guy, he is such a great player. Have you seen that guy from Paraguay? somebody would, I mean, me covering the World Cup and anytime you hear radio hosts covering the World Cup and they sound like they know what they're talking about, they're all full of shit. They're all full of shit, man. I couldn't even tell you when the MLS season is. Is it going on now? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Is, is it going on now? Ronaldo, yeah, hey, Ronaldo and Messi and Henri. Hey, I'm ready to rock. I Man, I got it down now, right? Oh, as I get Wayne or Wayne Rooney and right? Jesus Christ. Come on, man. People are full of shit when they're doing the draft, too. Hey, that kid in the um that kid that plays at Fundalac, Wisconsin. Did you see him? Did you see him against the Buffaloes? Unbelievable. He was a, he was playing against Helen Keller University, and he was absolutely stunning. They couldn't see him. <laughs> I'm going like, I mean, come on, man. Right? So what you do is you have to study your team, what the Eagles need, what the Bills need, what the Steelers need. Yeah, it's like covering tennis. Okay? Okay? Panthers going down. I like the Panthers. Um, Philly, safety, wideout, OG, running back, LB, DT, edge, Chicago, O-line, inside and out, corner, D-line, edge, tight end. And you put a priority. That, look, the priority is offensive line, number one. But the better player is Jalen Carter. So if you're, let, let's do this. If Chicago has the option to go Jalen Carter or Paris Johnson or Skrnowski, what would you do if you're the new GM? What would you do? Knowing the old line is more of a priority and you got a quarterback 
that you're trying to develop, are you going to take your first pick and put it on the other side of the ball? Or are you going to try to help your quarterback? Watson, right. Brian, that's the smart move. But Carter doesn't help. Justin Fields' development. Look at how the Eagles are building around Jalen Hurts. All of the superstar players. You don't have one superstar on defense. Hassan Reddick is a superstar pass rusher. He's not a superstar edge rush. He's not a superstar, superstar edge player. He's a superstar rusher of the passer. There's no superstars on defense. All your stars are on O. And in your old line, your wideouts, your tight end, your quarterback. All your stars are there. Okay, so I mean, you gotta you gotta you gotta help your quarterback. Big play slay, took a pay cut and a haircut, four million bucks, so he could stay on the Eagles. Not bad. He was gonna get less in the open market, so he took a four million dollar pay cut instead of an eight million. Smart. And he got money up front. Totally smart. Drew Rosenhaus talked him into it. Hey, dude. You can go on the open market and go to a different team, but you're going to get less money and you're going to get less upfront money. And the Eagles will restructure your contract right now, give you more upfront money, but you'll take a $4 million haircut. You want to lose eight or four. And Slay went, I'll lose four. Good night. Good night. Case closed. Players back. It's totally what happened. Tennessee. This is, now, look at, I'm going to show you something here. Philadelphia picks ahead of Tennessee. Philly trades that pick down to 14 with New England. Tennessee drafts Bijan Robinson at 11 and trades Henry. With the 14th pick. And how he sends the 14th pick to Tennessee for Derrick Henry. Would Tennessee do that again? B. Walkos, no. He doesn't want a 1,500-yard ass-kicking running back back there. Who doesn't need the ball 30, 38 times behind that old line? Do you understand? B. Walk that. Derrick Henry played behind the third worst O-line in football and still had 1,500 yards. If he played last year behind that O-line, he'd have had 2,105. He would have broke Dickerson's record. He may have had eight yards of carry, too. Between him and Jalen, can you imagine him and Jalen? <laughs> oh, man. Someone's a highlight reel. Okay, I'll take Bijan over Henry because of the money. Probably true. And age. You're thinking, B-Walk, so that's not a bad take. That's not. 
You're, you're, you're not wrong. But Henry's a better player. And you're going to put three years on Derrick Henry's. I love the people. Derrick Henry doesn't fit. Derrick Henry fits everywhere. Okay? Derrick Henry fits everywhere. <laughs> hey, just remember this, man. You know, when you see a really, a, who, who's, a, who's a really smoking hot woman? Think about it. Who's a, give me, give me one woman you call that you think is a really smoking hot. Halle Berry. Halle Berry's every guy's type. <laughs> Don't kid yourself. <laughs> okay. Derrick Henry's like Halle Berry. That's every guy's type. <laughs> Halle Berry, you know, how many guys, nobody says, nobody says no to Halle Berry. Sorry. Okay. Oh, don't you worry. Could you see her? Oh, don't you dare worry. I'm every guy's type. <laughs> okay. Right. Derrick Henry's every team's type. Don't kid yourself. Okay. Bruce, you're showing your age, dog. Okay. Kim Alexis. Jeez, she may have a mustache by now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God rest her soul. I met her, Kel Welch, back in the day, dude, when she was down in South Florida. She's this tall. I saw Paula Abdul, too, when I was with the Lions. She's this tall, too. I was like, that, oh, my God. Yeah. Kim Alexis, dog, she may have a mustache. Come on, man. You got to – hey, if you have a if you have a 2 o'clock shadow, I don't know. I think I may be a little out of there. <laughs> Houston has the 12th pick. They're going to go wide out. Then OG. Then safety, LB. The Jets gave the Packers. That's another thing. Let me let me let me let me stop there for a second. I gotta read that one. I gotta I'm gonna take a break at 13 with the hey, watch this. With the with the with the um with with the New York McDowell's, the Jody McDowell's, with the New York Jody McDowell's, the Jets. Oh, hold, hold on. Let me let me look at this trade again. The Packers, the Packers get. <laughs> I did, I missed that tone. Tyler Van Dyke transferring to North Dakota State. <laughs> yeah, Dad, he'd probably be better up there, man, because then you get to play against like um, Bullhorn University and right Tuckawall Creek. It's a pretty good conference tone. Have you seen that school, Tuckawa Creek? Dude, they can play. <laughs> yeah, they got a big old bullhorn. Woo! From what I understand, Carson Wentz is now the new blowhorn there for, like, North Dakota State. He's now, like, the new mascot. He's looking for work, so it's all good. <laughs> Packers get number 13. A 2023 second, the 42nd player taken, a sixth rounder, a conditional 24 pick that could be a one. All he has to do is basically play what? 
13 games? And then he's not promising you 2024? I guarantee if it's this. So this guy decided to move to Madison Avenue for his post-NFL career and play with the Jets? (laughs) Wow. Man, this is so Jets. The Jets are a laughing stock. That mean the Jets are legit. Really? <laughs> when have they ever been legit? With the with the tattoo kisser, the guy who liked to rub feet. Come on, man. Right? The last time the Jets were relevant, the coach that used to like to kiss feet, right? Is that it? Come on, man. Let me take a timeout. I'll finish this thing up here. It is NFL Draft 2023 week. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Metson Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Soleno, and I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
My question is, what happens to the MILF hunter? <laughs> what do you do with him? Oh, yeah. Hi, Zach. What do you do with the MILF hunter? What's, what, what's he do? He's the second. Is he not the, like the second or third overall pick? Got to do something with him. What do you do? Trading for AJ McCarron in the XFL? <laughs> hey, the Jets are going to trade. The Jets are going to trade uh, Zach Wilson to St. Louis of the XFL for AJ McCarron to be the backup for um, Aaron Rodgers in New York. I mean, dude, just think about all the Madison Avenue MILFs that are going to be missing out on this kid. This is devastating news. If you're New York in high society, man, you know, I mean, right? You know that movie, Midnight Cowboy? You know, with John Hurt? I know it wasn't with John Hurt. Who was that? It was with what's his name's father. Um, yeah, so like this guy's like, you know, walking around Madison Avenue. He's like the jet pimp, right? And you're like, dude, this is terrible, man. All those, all those older women now, just think what they're missing out on now that Zach now is like, he's no longer the star guy in the room now. John Voigt, thank you, Yale. Yeah, this guy's no longer the star. Lot of angry women, dude. <laughs> I this this is this is totally awesome by tone. I hopefully I deliver correctly. The Jets drafted a milf hunter, and then traded for a mushroom hunter. <laughs> oh man, I think we got smoke now. Big sales, my mom. Keeps wearing a Zach Wilson jersey. Should I be concerned? <laughs> uh, no, you should tell her you need to trade out, trade down now, man. Like Howie. Howie, no, Carson, just tell her to trade down. <laughs> trade down for AJ McCarron's jersey. Yeah, just trade down, dog. Pull a Howie Roseman and trade down. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we got the um, the smoke from Aaron Rodgers' TP. <laughs> yes, it's working. The hookah's going. The hookah must. You don't think the hookah's going nuts right now? Holy shit! Aaron Rodgers. Part of the trade also is that next to his locker, he's got a giant hookah room. We're coming in there. Let's have some hookah. <laughs> <laughs> This guy's got this guy was given a new hookah. <laughs> Seals, I bet you that Wilson becomes a Niner. If I were the Jets, man, I'd try to see what I could get. Yeah, but if you put him on the open market, dog, you couldn't get a fifth rounder for him, could you? You think you'd get a fifth rounder for Zach Wilson? Damn. Wow. <laughs> High pick like that, and you get a well, it's like. Look at the two gigantic disasters. Baker made Baker Baker's Tom Brady compared to this guy. Tom, Baker Baker Mayfield is Tom Brady at least. The kid can throw it. He can. He can. I wouldn't be shocked. Can you imagine this? I wouldn't be shocked on draft night if we saw both Trey Lance and Zach Wilson moved. Like I could see Tampa Bay taking a shot at Zach Wilson. And having Arians work with him. 
Could you see Zach Wilson being traded to the Bucks? I, you, the Bucks will not give him more than a fifth rounder. Or I probably think that more you'd think Trey Lance would probably be the pick for the Bucks, but I don't know. Teams that need quarterbacks, where would you send Zach? Houston? Right? What other team? Would you send him to Miami? How about Washington? Zach Wilson to the commanders and working with Eric Bieniemy. How about Zach Wilson backing up Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City? And there and, and and Carson. So look at the first round quarterbacks you have that are out of work or have major issues. Jordan Jordan Love's now the dude, right? Green Bay. So Jordan Love. Zach Wilson. Baker Mayfield. Trey. Trey Lance. Who's the guy in San Francisco now? Okay, who's the guy in San Francisco now? What's his name? The guy from uh, Sam Darnold. Aren't these guys just drafted recently too? Shit, is Josh Rosen even playing? So Jordan Love, Zach Wilson, Baker Mayfield, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold. All these guys overdrafted. All them dudes overdrafted. And then you get a second round seatbelt turn into a 51 million. Dude, look how lucky you are. You got a safety belt guy you hated at the beginning. And look at all those guys that were drafted. First round picks, some of them first overall. And look at the garbage that is. You don't have a quarterback between them guys. Between those five guys, Jordan Love, I don't know yet. Jordan didn't look that bad against the Eagles last year when he came in. He didn't look that bad. Zach Wilson, Baker Mayfield, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold. Hey, Don. (laughs) And everyone wasted first round First round money on that guy. At this rate, the league is better off drafting quarterbacks on day two with all these busts falling apart. Dude, look at that lift. These are recently Josh Allen, I don't even think is in the league, is he? I don't I don't think he was even in the league. <clears throat> Man. Whew. Dude. Paxton Lynch. Dude, that guy couldn't even make it in the XFL. That was a John Elway guy. Paxton Lynch, Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, Baker Mayfield. No, you're right. That position isn't overdrafted. Yeah, and and then, of course, these guys are all, according to the draft experts, budding superstars. I'd like to see what all these guys said about these guys when they went into the great arm. Has a great propensity to move around in the pocket. Could really chase down the Mills really great. Wonderful player when he was at BYU. Unbelievable. Hey, Jordan Love, really kind of a project here. I'd say this to you. The three biggest reaches that turned out to be somebody has to be Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen. Those three guys turned out to be something. 
when they were called projects. Whew. Jimmy Johnson, tomorrow, 3.30. We're going to get the draft guru. I say this to you about Jimmy. I would say that Jimmy Johnson and Chuck Knoll are the greatest head football coaches that were talent evaluators that ever lived in NFL history. And their record and their Hall of Famers that they put into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and all pros speak to it. He'll be with us tomorrow. It is draft week. We appreciate everybody chiming in. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Xander. Thank you, Tone, for all you do for the show. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for coming aboard each and every single day, making the show continue to grow and just absolutely kill it. We thank you again. We'll see you tomorrow, 3 to 6, and we'll see you on the flip side. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.